Be sure to keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the boat, yeah? And keep an eye on the little ones. <laughs> now, now keep in mind, I've never been on Frozen Ever After. I don't necessarily intend to because I much preferred Maelstrom, but that's me being a grumpy old man. That's okay. Who I only went to Epcot like one time before that came up and rode Maelstrom like twice. Keep in mind, I heard, I heard about it a lot as a kid because of the Disney Channel. <laughs> Totally understandable. Yep. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Animusings. I am your host, Kayla King, and uh, as usual, I'm joined by my husband and co-host, David King. Hey, gang. Kayla King. I know. Ka-king. king Oh. That's, that's what happens when you get married. I know. <laughs> if you haven't noticed that we have guests, hey, <laughs> as we uh, usually do. We have guests who haven't been on here in a, in a, in a while. In a long... It's been a coon's age. Remember that time... You were boring, Caitlin. Now you're episode, King And you King. were like, I've got you down for Frozen, but it's gonna be like two years. <laughs> yeah, she told me, like, oh, David and Kayla are coming. I'm like, oh, right. From that thing two years ago. <laughs> yeah. We don't forget, and we don't forgive <laughs> on Animusings. <laughs> we're holding you accountable. <laughs> Because you, you, well, not only do we have you for Frozen, we do also have you for Frozen 2, the quest for peace. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever that happens. Damn straight. Yeah. Oh, wait, it is Frozen, the quest for peace. Uh, Listeners, in case you don't know, we have returning guests, Angie Viper. Hi. And Sean. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Hi. And, uh. AKA Alpha Wolf Dagrin. Hmm? I said good morning, Starsh. The Earth says hello. Yeah, sorry. I think I was. I went by something. I, I have no semblance of what it means to have like an internet presence. So in that time, I went and just tried to think of the worst name possible, and uh, I thought Alpha Wolf. Yeah, it, it's a whole thing. <laughs> I I won't take up time, but yeah, that's that's me. If you want, if you want some sense of it, play uh, Shantae in the. Pirate's Curse, and there'll yes. be part of that in there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, we are back. A uh, long time ago, we all did Little Mermaid. Now we're back here to talk about uh, 2013? 2013. 2013's... What? S- s- uh, Shut up. Yeah, right? <laughs> many moons ago. Many moons ago. Uh, it's, it's Frozen. It's we a, finally got we to... We finally made it. We finally got to Frozen. It happened. Slowly but surely. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, where do we begin? Do you want to talk about the long and complicated history yeah, of this development before we before we talk about our personal histories of it, which will take up, you know, the next six hours? We will try. We will try. I can't say we'll succeed. We will try to rein it in a little more than we did with The Little Mermaid. Because we all had a lot to say about The Little Mermaid. Four so hours. People need to know. I know they do. <laughs> And that's fair. You can go anywhere and listen to <laughs> quick cuts about it. <laughs> wow, did you know that they reused the cells for like shut up. No, this is this is real people. This is this is real. This is real and it's raw and we all haven't seen each other in like 
Dead. Two years. A long time. So this is good, and I'm happy that we're all here together again, like, legitimately. Tell us about the history. So, interestingly enough, um, the idea for Frozen... Okay, we, if you haven't... If you don't know, Frozen is based off the Snow Queen by Hans Christian Andersen. And Walt Disney, like, actual Walt Disney from in the 1930s, wanted to adapt... Hans Christian Andersen fairy tales, one of them in, being included as the Snow Queen. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, in 1940s, uh, Samuel Goldwyn wanted to create a biography of the Hans Christian Andersen's life and was trying to collaborate with Walt Disney, where Walt Disney would provide animated segments of each of Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tales. Uh, that eventually did fall through because World War II happened and there was a writer's strike. Um, but uh, fr- from what I've read, the Snow Queen has been pitched, but then turned down, pitched, turned down so many times throughout Walt Disney Studios history. And yes. the reason being is, it's not exactly a story that works. In general. In no. g- well, okay. <laughs> Rude. No, I'm just being weird. It's actually my favorite fairy tale. Oh, I thought you uh, didn't know the history over there. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, same. I was like, listen, yeah. <laughs> Kayla, educate us. We're trying to condense I mean, ourselves. Yeah. I'm trying to pay attention to the timeline that was distributed to me. Okay? <laughs> All right? I'm if just calling okay you a liar. I apologize. I'm being class clown. I'll go stand in the corner where the comes <laughs> You guys are disrespectful. And yes, it is a good Hans Christian Andersen story. And it's was, amazing. Yeah. No, no, no. It, I, I'm, I'm, not... I'm myself impartial to the steadfast tin soldier, but that's me. It's not that the Snow Queen is a bad story. The reason they, they didn't think it works being translated to film. Um, and the reason being is it, mainly the ending... Because the whole time, um, you, you're following Gerda, who's going through all these trials and tribulations in order to save Kay, whose heart has been turned to ice by the Snow Queen. But at the end, it's just Gerda going into the Snow Queen's palace, and she, the Snow Queen's nowhere to be found, and she just cries tears onto his chest, and his heart is froze, his heart is melted, and they walk away. And they're like, we're not sure how to fix that, really? Um, and then another difficult part is, um, the title is The Snow Queen, and she's absolutely the villain of the story, and... And also barely in the story. Exactly! <laughs> that's, I mean, I was being facetious earlier, but that's kind of my, like, my big point of contention with, like, it's the call of the Snow Queen. Where is, where is she? Why is she not there at the end, trying to prevent things from happening, like a good antagonist? It just, it, it but just But that's ends. kind of, but, like, I've noticed that... A lot of those, I, you know, those weird discrepancies sometimes with Hans Christian. I mean, look at the Little Mermaid, the original Little Mermaid. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. the sea witch is there, and then she's not. Yeah. And yeah, like, the the villains aren't, for all that the story is called the Snow Queen, the villains aren't really, like, the important parts no. of the story right. for, for Hans right. Christian Andrew's tales. It's probably why I like the Jack in the Box instead. Anyway, sorry. So, carry it, on. It, again, it kept being popping back up, and then it just fell through. Actually, Mark Davis had plans to create a Snow Queen ride. And, like, it was going to be called Ice Palace or Snow Palace. I've read multiple articles, and the names keep changing, and no one knows exactly what it was going to be titled, but they know it was going to be an Ice Palace-type ride Mm -hmm. based off the Snow Queen. Probably one of those, like, things that never really got off the drawing board for Mark. Yeah. Got a lot further with things like the Western River Expedition, which never, also never got off the drawing board, but they did get to, like, model stages. That was going to go in in Walt Disney World. 
And that's also relevant because it's the we just had the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney. Oh yeah, that's right. And then that never got built, and that's where they ended up putting a lot of front the Frontierland section. That's why that was kind mm, of a gap. That makes sense. And uh, it was going to be there instead of Pirates of the Caribbean. It was going to be like their Florida's equivalent. Oh, cool. it was, yeah. It was a, a, a boat ride, but it was going to have a Western thing. Yeah, yeah. Alas. There's no water. <laughs> West. There was there was going to be no a boats. flash. There was going to be a flash flood that was part of the theme. You'd go through. What, a so what are they just? Gonna, they're going to build uh, a boat instantly. They don't. I, yes. They don't know what water is. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have boats. <laughs> so um, Glenn Keane actually tried to work on a Snow Queen project, but then quit. And actually, Har- Harvey Fierstein, who did the voice of uh, um, forgetting his the character's name, but he Mulan did. A, from yes, Mulan. he's from Mulan. Tried to pitch an idea with the Snow Queen, and he was turned down. Um, and there was even plans to bring in Laster as a director when uh, uh, Pixar was planning to renew their contract. Um, but that fell through, and that idea was actually going to be like the Snow Queen meets the Taming of the Shrew, where yeah, I know, where the Snow Queen would basically say, "I hate you." freezes a guy's heart. I hate you, freezes a guy's heart. But then there would be that one guy who warmed her heart and, yeah. A guy like All you. All the Shakespeare yep. nerds over there know exactly what that means, and I don't even know uh, what You know, if you, if you uh, anagram, if you anagram a bunch of the stuff around it, it goes from the taming of the shrew to the mating of the worsh. <laughs> A, a, that's a Monty Python reference. That didn't help me at all. There's uh, <laughs> a man who speaks in anagrams, and I just seen, remember the mating of the worst. Did you see 10 Things I Hate About You? I knew this. Oh, oh, oh is that is that's that a modern retelling? It's the simplification of, oh. of the story to help you understand <laughs> the story. The story's yeah, it's, about it's one for a one. crazy b- that nobody can love. Nobody can right down to the character names. Her. Cretancio and Cleus. I'm and... done with you. I tried to help you. <laughs> You're not interested in being helped. Yeah, I'm saying this freezing the the hearts. That doesn't sound like taming of the shrew. I missed you both so much. Yeah, <laughs> well, she's like vicious. No one can melt her heart. What did her dad say that wasn't allowed? So, so in, okay, no. Oh, oh, it's like, ten things I hate about you. Not a one-to-one direct translation of the story. Oh, oh, okay. Is there is there other differences it's the there? Overarching concept so, of the older sister. Got it. So any no any date. woman who dates someone is a is a story that is directly from Taming of Yes. Got it. Yes. Okay. Exactly. That's how stories work. Exactly. Everything is Shakespeare. So Frozen. So, was a little so, bit. So, yeah. Taming of the Shrew when she... Well, at least in this version. Actually, why didn't... there. Ah. <laughs> why didn't this one get off the ground, Kayla? Uh, well... Besides yeah, but, the fact that it's a terrible concept. Well, the... Because de- <laughs> at the time, the deal with um, Pixar fell through, and then let's... There was a changing of hands, and now we got right. Lasseter as uh, chief creative officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I can't... <sighs> there's some conflicting, like... Ideas of how this started. Some say Laster hired Chris Buck, and then, but Jennifer Lee said that Chris Buck um, pitched the idea about the Snow Queen to uh, John Laster. All I know is it was greenlit. Um, John Laster really wanted to make a princess movie. This was the perfect one for it. And Chris Buck, who is the co director of Tarzan, was assigned as a director. It's funny how many times we've been talking recently. We keep going back to Tarzan as kind of this weird touchstone, especially recently. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. Yeah. So Snow Queen, originally still going to be a villain, but uh, John Laster, when they first were re- developing the idea, he saw it during one of their 
you know, meetings where they saw a screening and then he gives notes, said the characters weren't working. Um, they can't really connect with them. We need to change this. So they went back to the drawing board. <laughs> they went back to the drawing board. And so they decided to change the name. So we got Snow Queen as Elsa, uh, Gerda, who as Anna, and then a character named Kristoff now. And they're just like trying to talk like, how do we do this? And no one knows who suggested it, but someone said, well, what if Anna and Elsa were sisters? And that was basically the like... That got everything going. I'm, just, was- I'm sorry. I'm just picturing like some lowly intern or like a fucking <laughs> troll in the vents at Disney. Like, what if they were sisters? <laughs> and what? This is just some it's like a deal lore. With the this is just some deep lore. Like, no one knows who pitched such a concept of. Well, that that was. They were well, sisters. it was clearly someone that doesn't matter. Yeah, Otherwise yeah. They would remember who yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, that'll be more like Taming of the Shrew. More like <laughs> the modern retelling of Taming of the Shrew, Ten Things I Hate About You. Yes, exactly. Starring Julia Stiles. And, <laughs> and they're sisters. And they can't date. Sisters. You can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed. Sisters. But can you ever just be whelmed? <laughs> you such devoted sisters. So, jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, so magic happened. That, that happened. And then during the writing process... um. So you have Jennifer Lee, who has been brought on to write Wreck-It Ralph. And uh, as usual, when you're working in the same company, you pitch notes to each other. And Jennifer Lee was pitching notes for Frozen while she was working on Wreck-It Ralph. And they liked a lot of her notes. And they could tell that she was really passionate about this story. And they they asked her, or um, producer Peter Del Vecchio asked her, Hey, why don't you join in as a writer? So uh, she ended up writing the screenplay and came in as a, one of the story writers. But then um, the film got moved up a year, so shorter amount of time and more work. Mm-hmm. And John Lasseter says, Jennifer Lee, you're going to be a co-director. Mm-hmm. And now here's the interesting part. This is the first time that a writer has gone from writer to director like that quickly. And that's what they kept telling her, like, you're the first person to be a writer to director. And she's like, wow, that's so cool. And then... Later on, this is when Frozen's been made, there's a screen in it, and she goes into an interview and they're like, how's it feel to be the first fem- uh, female director on a Dis- Disney animated film? And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> did not know until like someone brought that up to her attention during an interview. So yes, she is the first, it took this long, female director on an animated feature. Good for um, her. Yeah. Um, they also, at this time, brought in... Uh, Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez to write the music for it. And, uh, so before this, <laughs> they were working on Winnie the Pooh. They did the music for Winnie the Pooh. Right. And that's why they were like, no, we're, we're hiring you now. And they did it early in the writing process. So the music was even a bigger part of it. And they wrote 25 songs. Really? Yeah. A lot of songs on the cutting room floor then. Mm-hmm. The ex- About 25. The extended soundtrack has... <laughs> A lot of them, but I know there's like more that never even made it to that extended soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and as we mentioned earlier, Robert Lopez, uh, it was is a uh, a Broadway show guy. He did the music, or well, not, not just the music. He actually was the co creator for um, uh, Avenue Q and Book and Book of Mormon. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and just as a reminder. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, similarly to Tangled, um, they blended CG and hand-drawn animation. Uh, 
they realized that because this film would have more of an epic scope, that um, it, it just lent itself more to CG than to hand drawn. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when the fact that the most imp- one of one of the most important parts is the snow. The snow in itself was a character in this, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they developed like animation techniques and like built programs from the ground up just to animate the snow. See, and I had heard they did all that already for the hair entangled. Yeah. Like, every time they're like, "Oh, we had to just like invent animation for this well, thing." They, they developed technology. Actually, this technology was called Matterhorn, which I found <laughs> that's cute. I like yeah. that. So, um. <laughs> Since uh, now the Hans Christian Andersen story is Scandinavian, and art director uh, Mark Giamo was going through all this like Scandinavian artwork, and he was most drawn to Norway uh, or visual arts and ideas from Norway. So that became the main inspiration, that country itself. So animators went to Norway, of course, uh, like, they do. like you do. Um, but there's two other places that they went that I find hilarious. Uh, the first one is, um, they, they sent him to the ice hotel in Quebec. Okay. So they could see, like, how light refracts on ice, and this helped develop the idea of what the ice palace would look like. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> so they also sent their animators, who are all California individuals, to Cheyenne, Wyoming, <laughs> to walk through deep snow. <laughs> And in Wyoming. In Wyoming. And All even right. better, they actually put on, like, even the guys would put on dresses to walk, <laughs> see how it would be like to walk through the snow in a dress. You know, I gotta fast forward for a second because every time I watch Anna in her coronation dress fall into that, like, half frozen like creek bed yeah. thing and just be like oh whoops i'm a little cold <laughs> i'm like uh, clearly no one these people have never experienced winter before and now you're well, telling me they were out there <laughs> doing it like what are you- well, well the thing is it's a good thing she was walking already walking toward a source of heat when right. that but, happened because yeah. the moment she fell in that river i'm like hypothermia yeah there's yeah. also she a is going to difference die. between walking in deep snow in a dress and falling bare cooter into water in the middle of winter. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's it's wet water. So they it's... clearly didn't experience that. Right, yeah. yeah. Walking through snow is like, uh, you'll, you're sweating and you're cold and it's a whole thing. But, like, the water, I'm like, no, she's dead. She's instantly, <laughs> she's dead. Well, she's definitely never up to her, the whole the whole frozen was a dream. Everything's just a dream. Yeah, we are jumping ahead a bit, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> it's important to acknowledge that um, that um, well, maybe maybe Disney didn't make it that even far. Research. Maybe only got maybe up to her calves. I don't know. Do they even research their like source material at all? I don't, know. <laughs> I don't think so. So um, so this was released on November 27, twenty thirteen. The budget was 150 million. Now we all know this did well, but <laughs> if you don't know how well, 40.7 million in North America, 880 million world in like other countries, totaling to 1.28 billion dollars. Did you say 40 million in America or 400? 400 million. Oh, okay, because I was going to say that. I... Yeah, so about 400 million. Sorry. <laughs> um, which okay. Before that, Lion King, I was, I kept saying, I probably brought this up over and over. I was like, they made about a billion. But this was after re-releases and such. This is just in Frozen's original run. Yep. They were, at the time, the highest grossest 
animated film, the fifth highest grossing film ever, and the hi- also the highest grossing Walt Disney Pictures release, as well as the eighth highest grossing film distributed by Disney. Wow. So in case you were curious, that's why the film got released. Yeah. No, I, I understand why. One just, just in case point, you were still no, no, wondering. No, no, no. Two, I, I eight, follow you. Don't worry. I follow you. Yeah, billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But thank, thank you for, you know, yeah, You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you're you, welcome. Thank you. it's, it's for the audience. It's at this point of course, <laughs> the conversation... Now, I, I don't have, like, first. a prepared statement <laughs> you be the last. for, for the something like this. The spirit of Norway will... <laughs> Sean is talking. Sorry. All I have is is just, like, pent-up rage from living and working in Hollywood for so long. But anyway, the short version of what I'm rambling and trying to say is, like, I, I read an article once about uh, the movie Cars. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> and, and it was the same... And Cars was long before Frozen in Hollywood time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the whole thing, uh, and the article was like a sarcastic article and it said the whole thing and, and, and it was, and it spoke to me because everyone went, Cars 2, why? I can't understand because all movies are made for me and only me. And then the article said they, they did all that whining and moaning and then a new paragraph and it, Why? Five billion dollars. <laughs> That's why. In merchandise. In, well, yeah. I don't know if that was just no, no, merchandising no, no. or just, like the movie. No, well, it was just in merchandising. I, was, yeah. I read that same article and <laughs> I was like, but that in just merchandising alone is yeah. insane. Yeah. So coming back to Frozen, and I'll jump for my speaking points too. And it's just like the whole thing like, oh, I'm so sick of... Let it go because I don't know that the off button on a radio exists. <laughs> and then they announce like a show and and all this stuff. Frozen. Why? Like, and these are the same people that love to act like they know how how they they think they're like these YouTube cri- film critics and everything, and they just ask these dumbass questions <laughs> like why why is there more than one Starbucks like <laughs> did you, why is this a surprise to because, anyone be, because capitalism mm. money 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 so and I don't know what my point was I just I understand like the numbers point. speak for themselves like I, people yeah. what I'm saying is people enjoy things people enjoy and things. they go and enjoy things and they see things and Frozen clearly was enjoyed. I just, I have a lot of tension built up about because people would in, for like three months everyone's like, oh, Frozen is so great. I, what, a, what a treasure. What a new kind of, what an interesting love story and this. And then and then three months and a day happened. Everyone's like, wow, this, this movie I, this sucks now. Because and, everybody's and, inner hipster came out because it got hyper popular. And, and, and it not, was everywhere. And, and it's it not even just capable. Frozen. This happens to everything. No, and I don't true. know why I'm pissed about this one. Because uh, Tangled was better. Did you? I did. <laughs> I, did <laughs> I like them both. That's okay. Well, that was the... That was yeah. the I know, I know, I know, I know. And I, I'm, I, I hear you, and I totally understand what you're saying. He said, taking a sip of water from a froze a cup with Anna, Elsa, and Olaf on it, <laughs> yeah. and by our gracious hostess Angie Viper. Um, while, there's also a tissue box on the table. I don't know if you know. Oh yes, yeah, so, so that while while she sits there in frozen themed pajamas, <laughs> you're wondering if you, in case you're wondering why we brought them on for this particular motion picture discussion. In case you're wondering. Anyway, is that is that about cover? Keeps getting more. Uh, there's a, one other yes. one uh, one other thing, or well, a couple of things. Uh, well, first of all, got mostly favorable reviews, and actually, 
there are different comments. So usually there's always like one statement people say about um, a movie that pops up, but it was, they found different things, which that's nice to see variety. But one phrase I did see quite a bit or that, or something of this phrase was a return to greatness. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That was a recurring theme in, yeah, the, in the, the feedback of the movie. Exactly. Afterwards. Um, another thing too is, uh, this I found interesting. Uh, it's most popular, like the, so eight, it was about uh, 880 million worldwide. Yeah. 200 million of that was in Japan. Yep. And, Interesting. Well, and it makes sense because it's geared towards um, young girls. And let's not forget, these are the same young girls who made Hello Kitty popular. And now let's now look at Hello Kitty. Mm-hmm. So one mm-hmm. of the really interesting things to note about that that I took note of as people were talking about how popular Frozen was in Japan is that when the movie was coming out, I was getting very anxious in the trailers because the American trailers were all like, look at how funny and quirky Sven and Olaf are. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. And I was like, oh, God, mm-hmm. I need this movie to be good. But the Japanese trailers showed this darker side of the story. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, they showed uh, Elsa having her her freakout moments and these like dark elements of the story. And I was like, I want to see that movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I just find it so interesting that like the young girls in Japan are really what kind of helped Frozen become what it is today. But they were also the audience that really got a better understanding of what the movie was going to be beforehand and still went to go see it. Because the marketing was more true to what is actually happening exactly. in the story, yeah. it's, it is a fairly it's a it's a fairly serious and not like joked about look at this at a lot of different kind of subjects that are I, yeah. I'm really anxious to talk about with y'all because there's some great themes in here, really, really good themes. Anyway, uh, that's the main part. I might bring up um, a couple other stuff, but um, along the way as we discuss this film, but. Uh, for now, I guess we could get into personal histories. Oh boy, uh, I, mine's probably the shortest, so I could start. All right, want. yeah. Um, I did not. I, I was still in my weird phase with Disney, where I was like, I was still kind of like, if I saw something that looked interesting, I saw, and I probably suffered the same syndrome where I saw the trailers with Sven and Olaf and thought, yep. nah, and then I just kind of skipped it. And then it wasn't until a little while later when it was on, you know, DVD that I heard, you know, some people were watching it and they convinced me to come in and. I already knew about it in my periphery. So I go in and I sit down and I come into the movie for the first time right around the song. Oh, The wow. song. Wow. So I had no context of what was happening before that. Yeah. But then I like, okay. And then I just kind of started watching it from there. And for the longest time, all I saw, remember, of the movie was just everything from Let It Go onward. It wasn't until recently that I actually watched the whole thing from beginning to end. Wow. And you know what? It it is, I kind of liked doing it that way because it's like, I enjoyed it at the time, even only with that context and then only hearing about the things that had happened scenes before. Yeah. In like All of the buildup that happens too. Yeah. And, and then finally seeing the buildup, I'm like, all right, this is a great, because it finally completes the picture for me. Mm -hmm. And it was just weird that I never decided to go back and watch it from the beginning earlier. Um, I don't know why. I felt like the when I came in, it weirdly enough gave me enough context to know about what had happened beforehand. That is interesting. It's strange. But then, of course, like after I'd seen the movie, I was a little curious. So the only other part I'd seen later was like clips of "Do you want to build a snowman," mm-hmm. which helps establish the relationship yeah. dynamic between the sisters. And um, so yeah, it's just like 
it it colored the movie in a really interesting way for me, but not in a bad way. Just it kept my interest going, and I, th- I kept thinking in the way that I do as an adult now, oh, someday I'll go back and watch the rest of it. And it wasn't until kind of around when we were starting to talk about doing this again that I'm like, okay, when we sit down and watch this, I will finally have seen the whole thing from the very beginning <laughs> to the very end as a complete piece. And I'm glad I did, and I'm glad I waited till now to do it, because I feel like I appreciate the movie more as a result of that's that. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's my short, relatively short version of my personal history of Frozen, which isn't much, to be honest. I, I, I generally, I generally speaking, I, I, I think the movie is very good and I, I like it quite a bit. And I'll get into more of my reasons why as we go through. Mm-hmm. Next. <laughs> um, I guess I can go next. Um, yeah. I actually did see it in theaters. Um, I saw it in December of 2013 and I know this for a fact. Because it just happened to be the same month I got diagnosed with depression. Um, yeah. And I went to go see with this with my sister. Uh, we both cried. Um, but it did resonate with me at that time because it, that, I was, I was having a lot of de- depression spirals. And, uh, eventually there's a, and there's a s- couple of scenes that I resonated with me. There's one specific scene. And even to this day, after, just watching it, I'm just like, it's still the most powerful scene to me, but we'll get into that later. Um, and I'm like, wow, I have never seen my feelings being portrayed on film right now. This is insanity in animation. Um, so I did, I, I came out of it with like, wow, this is a great film. And then not only that, my, um, there's moments where my younger sister and I would be like, would laugh because it's like, oh, We've had those moments, like, yeah, uh, points of like, uh, sisterly moments that we could relate to. Um, uh, as time passed and it became really popular, and I was just very shocked. It, be- it it's interesting now rewatching it years later as seeing how popular it has become. Because I have not watched the movie all the the whole way through since seeing it in theaters. But because it's, because of how popular it's become, I've seen so many clips and everything that it's like, when I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, I know the scene, I know the scene, I know the scene. Um, and it is interesting to watch it and finding ways to disconnect. And I'm trying to find a way to disconnect my brain from the fact like, oh, yeah, this is basically a huge part of pop culture right now and continues to be even like, Eight years later, so yeah, yeah it, which, it's not going anywhere. Which is no. again, like, why are you arguing? <laughs> People just so bet at the time, and I guess even you know, still now, but at the time, just this this contrarian mindset of everything is so exhausting. It, it's as exhausting to everyone else as they feel exhausted pretending to be so upset by, you know. I will say the one thing I'm very happy about with this movie making as much money as it did, because a few movies ago, we were, uh, Michael Eisner had once said, we can't do girl, we can't do girl movies because no boy is going to see it. And that would be something that would come up, and then it would destroy movies Ugh, that's as a, a result. That's a podcast all by itself. Yeah, because Chicken, Chicken actually... Michael Eisner. So, funny yeah. enough, Chicken Little was supposed to be include a female character lead, and they said, no, it has to be a boy. And it's like, why does it have to be a boy? 
And it's like, because no no young boy is going to see a movie with Crowley. And then years later, this movie makes $1.28 billion. And it's just like, a, and it's directed by, <laughs> co-directed by a woman who eventually is going to be like a head in Disney Animation Studios. So and has two female protagonists. Yeah, just shoves his foot in his it's, mouth. Yep, and it's just, it, there's, <laughs> there's just a warm in my meanwhile, heart. Meanwhile, Jeffrey Katzenberg's over in the corner, like, "Hey, Michael, finally glad you could come." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. My other podcast idea is, is just talking about how much I hate Jeffrey Katzenberg. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, I didn't even know how much I hated him until I watched Waking Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I hope this man is rotting yeah. in hell. Oh. What the... <laughs> well, he oh, is. Yeah. It's a hell of his own creation. It's called Quibi. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's a man who's in touch with oh, what 100%. youths want, 100%. right? We always <laughs> have I apologize. I, I only apologize a moment for taking time out of your busy day to let it hear you, you once again rant about how much Jeffrey Look, Katzenberg bothers me. After this As pod, a creative. After months, I don't know how he is as a human being, but just his... Can we, can we do this, but great. for Quibi shows? <laughs> so, I'm sorry, Kayla. I was going to say, but it's like... It, it was like every single month, though, during like the '90s uh, era, where we would just l- like, oh my gosh, what did Jeffrey do this time? And that's why I, another reason I have an appreciation for Hercules because it literally—that's also a oh Jeffrey, you oh god, because the because the directors basically he, they were forced to make this movie. That they didn't really want to make. Well, there were no women in ancient Greece. No, not. <laughs> That's why all the statues are. Yeah. I uh, guess we talk about the movie. Or no. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. We're not done. We're not done. We have we're our, not done. Yes. two other people. Got it. Get, uh, that's not so, just so, you yeah. guys. So you're, that's, your, that's your personal history. That's my personal history. You saw it and it meant something. And then stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, okay. So the... Uh, not to immediately take away from what Angie's going to say, but I, I, I know... No, no, no. I, I, all I mean to say, like, I know there's a a sisterly theme for you, as I imagine a lot of siblings had, and a lot of people, and, and like Kayla just uh, talked about, um, and, and just a lot of people, too. They're like, oh, yeah, my, or, or, like, that's the relationship with my mom, or, there, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, you know, sibling, as I said, or, or, or female perspective. Just, just that idea in general, which obviously makes a ton of sense, mm. um, for, for a movie like Frozen. And, you know, everybody knows, you know, Disney's history, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, princesses, princesses, girls, girls, girls. And then the conversation we just had, like, oh, boys won't go to see it. Whatever it is, there's a whole, there's like these marketing people think they know what people want and blah. And, and the point I'm making is there is a, a, a secret world, a, a secret mentality of, of these movies are for these people and these movies are for this. So if you're like that adult that watches cartoons still, or you're that girl who watches action movies, you know, there's like this, this faux sort of antithesis of, of what is proper and what is not. Yeah. All of that to say, uh, when people found out that I, a man, really liked Frozen, they'd be like, but what? Like, people actually were confused by this. And especially, you know, next to Angie, who has her very grounded reasons. And, and, and just, you know, it's 
Frozen wasn't for me. You know, well, it's 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 about it's about females, it's about female struggles, and, and which were you know all good things yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything. So I enjoy talking about Frozen for a it's a great movie b i hate everybody who hates things for no reason <laughs> who, who just won't even talk about their oh, oh i have an opinion but no facts to back it up uh-huh. but um so for me and uh and it was a little weird for me when they announced frozen 2 and i was like oh is this gonna work um and I actually I wrote a little tiny bit down because we watched it today, and I, I really wanted to absorb a lot of information, which I'm I'm bad at. Uh, I, I ramble a lot. I'm bad at regurgitating those types of things. <laughs> but the the big thing for me was, uh, um, someone like Elsa, and 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 on today's viewing again, Anna too, kind of like not opposite, but like in their own diverging directions. It it really resonated with me to. Uh, be in a position where, uh, the, the world is kind of against you. And, and, and I, and I, I apologize again. I had, uh, I had this idea because a, a lot of what people talk about is like, it's a very personal thing. My, my sister, my battle with depression, my, th- these themes were, were here in front of me because it, it came from within, right? It, the characters have like a from within sort of perspective, but it, the, the movie worked for me because a character like Elsa is is fighting the world. Mm-hmm. She's she's a little kid and she's stuck the way she is and everyone's like there's nothing we can do. You're you're that way and you're worse because of it. And oh man, if only you could fix it. And she because she's such a good person, she like would love to she she's plagued by her own decisions because you we've all had a, yeah. a decision that we thought was the best decision we could have made at the time oh, oh damn, did i do that oh that's gonna haunt me forever maybe the next job interview or then or whatever yeah but elsa doesn't even get that she is the whole world everyone told her what to do and so there's like a, another layer of, of abstraction to where she can't even make the wrong decision she she's she's got one track and one thing to do, and she can't, she can't get herself out of it because, ironically, even choosing to like improve herself might hurt someone, you know, according to what everyone told her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, choosing to hide it might hurt someone, according to what everyone told her. So now the world has created for this poor person just like this weird mental prison of, well, we don't know what to do with you. Uh, so just kind of deal with it and like grow up and I hope you'll be, I don't know. And I, I saw that and then let it go happens. And she's like, Oh my God, you were all wrong the whole fucking time. <laughs> and it's, it's very powerful to, to, for someone like me. Uh, and cause I was, I was a loner growing up and I, you know, I, I made career decisions, uh, you know, personal decisions, family decisions, all this stuff, because, I trusted that other people knew what they were talking about. And then all of a sudden you're 18 or whatever age, like Elsa was. And, uh-huh. oh, oh, wait, there's more to this. And then and we watched it today and I saw the same thing happening to Anna too. But in her, so because this happened to Elsa, Elsa did let it go. And she, she almost had it. Like, oh, no, you are supposed to explore yourself, but not shut yourself out. And Anna was like, 
oh no, you are supposed to be around people and sociable, but like not like, so there was like this divergent thing that happened because the world decided for these kids and it, and it screws them up. And that is what resonates with me. You were raising such good points. I <laughs> want, like, I'm itching to talk about the thing in the context of the thing. I love it. So for a lot it. of people, they bring up a lot of like, you know, the, the person versus person. And for me, it was kind of like man versus society in a way. No, absolutely. And I definitely have personal experience with that. So that's why I like, uh, that's why I like. That is a really <laughs> interesting perspective. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I said all that at the beginning. Like, that's not a male or a female thing. No. But no. I was pulling it away from the f- kind of female centric themes that are obviously part of Frozen. But well, that's but, one of the things mm-hmm. that the, the heads at the studio and the advertisers don't understand is they go, oh, female lead, only girls will watch this. Exactly. Exactly. Because they don't understand it's, that just because it's girls doesn't mean that it's not concepts. Because because marketers exactly. marketers have monkey brains and they think that people who want to watch things also only have monkey brains. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's not why every sold, trailer not to, not uh, reveals everything. But I won't get on that right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think it's me. Yes. yes. It's me. Um, I've talked about it enough that I'll try not to get emotional, but I make no promises because today was a heavy day for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, when I was in junior high, high school, I was really into art and illustration and animation. I wanted to be an animator. Like that was mm. solidly what I wanted to do. I sort of diverged a bit when I went to college because animation is a very difficult industry to get into. Illustration is a very difficult industry to get into. And I was like, all right, well, I'll go to school for film. And then that at least is something overarching that like, I know I'm interested in. So while I was in, uh, I was either late in high school or early into college when I was making these decisions for myself, Disney was talking publicly about this Snow Queen concept that they had in circulation. And being that that is one of my absolute favorite fairy tales, I was like, Hermagerd, <laughs> I want to be involved in this so bad. Because Disney movies were the reason I wanted to make movies. So I was like, if I could be involved in this movie in some way, it would it would change my whole life. Right. And I followed it religiously. And it would, exactly as Kayla was discussing earlier, it would come up. And then they'd be like, nah, actually, they've changed their mind. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, that's fine. I'm still in school. This is good. It's Gucci. We're fine. <laughs> um, so I was I was following the process of this movie kind of popping up and going back and popping up and going back for a very, very, very long time. And when I graduated from college, I came out here um, and I started slowly pursuing trying to get in the doors at Disney, which is next to impossible. Um the movie started picking back up again and every single application letter that I put in, I specified, I'm like, look, the Snow Queen is my favorite fairy tale. I love Disney movies. I want to be involved in this. Please, for the love of God, I will clean toilets. I don't care. I just want to be involved. Of course, that never happened. Um, But it meant when the movie came out, I was like, I don't even care. I know that this is going to be incredible. I have been waiting years and years and years. I think it was it was damn near 10 years that I had been following it at that point. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, I, I have to this movie. I knew that I wanted to cosplay from it because I was to cosplay at the time. I knew that the movie was going to be about two sisters. And I knew that the blonde one was going to be the older sister. And this was before even a trailer had come out. 
in or like 2012, I think, was the year that I did it at San Diego Comic-Con, mm-hmm. when they leaked those posters. And I was like, I know that's the older one. I'm the older sister in my family. I'm going to cosplay her. I'm going to be the first. It's going to be great. Nobody knew who I was. or thought I was freaking Cinderella because I was wearing a blue dress and a blonde <laughs> wig, but yeah. whatever. So then D23 2013 came around, and I wore my Elsa costume. I got to meet the creators. Um, everybody was so sweet. I just hung around the animation booth and just talked to people the entire weekend. I was like, just tell me everything that you can tell me. And they were like, we're about to drop trailers. Like, it's coming. We're about to drop information. And I think that weekend was when the Japanese trailer first dropped and you saw the Korra name dress for the first time. And I was like, him again. (laughs) (laughs) So the movie finally comes out in November and I, I bought tickets the day before. Um, so we were, we were there opening weekend. I got a whole group of people together to dress up as the characters huh. for Long Beach Comic Con. Uh, um, and remember, uh, Katrina's husband surprised me. He made, oh, a, his marshmallow. He made a marshmallow yeah. costume like the night before. Cause <laughs> every, everybody was so excited. They were like, they knew how excited I was about it and everybody was, was there to support. Um, so we all went to the El Capitan. We saw them together. And um, I, going into the movie, I didn't realize how how relatable it was going to be for me. You know, I was going mm-hmm. into it like, oh, I'm I'm very excited because I love the Snow Queen. Right. And, and this is going to be a new interpretation the Snow Queen. Um, so the backstory about me, I have a younger sister. She's about four years younger than me. We're approximate age difference that Elsa and I are supposed to. Mm. And um, when we were, I believe I was about six or seven, um, which again, it's about the age that Anna and Elsa are when they have their accident in the movie, um, my sister and I were playing out in the front yard while our family was moving. We had all of these church people over and they were all held back up. And being the older sister, my mom was like, okay, Angie, you're in church, your sister. And I was like, sure thing, no problem. I'm six, I got this. So we had this little boy that lived across the street and he would get up in his jungle gym in the backyard and like wave us over to play with him. So he does this. And I was like, oh, there's a bunch of adults around. Like I'm in charge. I've crossed the street a million times. My sister wanted to go play. I was like, I can help you. That's no problem. I'm basically an adult because I'm six. So we look both ways and she starts to cross the street. And I did not know there's a stop sign that's hidden a bush at the corner. And this lady blasts through the stop sign, and my sister goes flying. And uh, she cracked her skull, again, on the left side, which is the same side that Anna gets hit with the ice. And uh, I remember that day vividly. You know, I, I, I relive it constantly because I remember feeling like it was my fault. You know, I was like, I was the older sister. I was the one that was put in charge. And every adult just ran past me. No one would tell what was happening. Uh, I couldn't see her. I couldn't get in. You know, and, and I look back on, I was six. They were 20. But mm. at the time, I was convinced it was because it was my fault. Everybody knew that that I I caused that to happen. And everybody was very protective. My sister, after it's couple of weeks and my parents were there with her. I stayed with a church friend and they would call every night and just kind of check in and they didn't really talk to me much. And when everybody home, I remember doing this, um, I tried to do that movie thing 
where, you know, I had this image in my head where I was going to drop my bags and I was going to run and they were to hug and it was going to be this beautiful. I hadn't seen my family. And I got out of the car and I dropped my bags and I started running and my mom yelled at me for leaving my bags behind. And that was the moment where I decided that my parents resented me for what I had done and I wasn't part of my family anymore. And I spent most of my completely secluded from my family. You know, I didn't try to connect with my parents because I thought that they resented me. I didn't try to connect with my sister because I thought that she resented me. I was afraid of having responsibility over her because it couldn't again. And I, I just shut myself out from everybody. And so watching Frozen was a, a very heavy experience for me because the movie focuses largely on Anna. And watching that movie was really the first time that I was able to take a step back from that means of youth and see what things must have been my sister. You know, I got to see her perspective of of this older sister who feels responsible for something horrible that happened to her sister and thinking that the only way to protect her is to put distance between them and being able to see the younger sister's experience and trying so desperately to connect that sister and have that bond that they had had when they were younger and not understanding why they weren't able to have that bond anymore. I, I saw my little sister and Frozen is is one of the reasons that we have the relationship that we now, because I was able to process what I had experienced and what she had experienced and finally actually find the courage to talk to my family about what had happened and how it had affected me. So I I am eternally grateful to Frozen for for being. And I mean, there's, there's lots of other, like underlying things as there is for everybody. Yeah. But um, it, it was very real for me. And it's it still is, you know, even earlier where you guys came over. I was like, yep, yeah, nope, it's all, all those feelings are still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that with us too. I know it is, that, and that is, that would be, it is deeply personal. So like, wow. Jeez. And you've told me this before. This isn't the first time I've heard <laughs> this story. Uh, yeah. I've, I, so. I'm able to tell it much more articulately now because I've, I've told it so many times because mm. I just, I, I want people to understand just how much it means to me. And I like, I hate being that person, but I do almost take it as a personal attack when people are like, fucking hate Frozen. And I'm like, wow, okay, so you hate me. Thanks. <laughs> so on that note, let's talk about the movie that involves a goofy singing snowman. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I don't want to downplay that at all, but we honestly. all love Olaf. Well, yeah. And actually, you know, I think for this particular discussion, rather than break it down scene by scene by scene, like we've done in the past, I feel like this is a better movie to kind of be in a weird way all over the place because it's more about themes. It's about themes. It it really is. And I found myself doing the like ninth grade English literature uh, analysis when I watched it today, but I'm just like, what? Yeah. Themes, man. Like Anna's, (laughs) well, she's, She's got her whole open door song, and then she's like open dooring through the whole movie. <laughs> well, she's she's being her loving self, and yeah. like without her caring so much to persevere and go and do all that stuff because she loved her sister the whole time. It it, it wasn't a song about her and just her and Hans. It was it was her life and like her her theme and that yeah. that went throughout the whole time like wow her whole that's, life well, that's, I mean there's that first line in the song where she's like thy whole life has been doors in my face yeah and it's like one I of the see- things that I love about 
um, the Frozen show that they did at the Hyperion at Disneyland is that they, because one of the things that drives me crazy about this movie, and this is my one major gripe, is that it doesn't, it wants to be a musical, but it doesn't have like the overarching themeness of being a musical. Yeah. And specifically, there's no finale. And the fact mm. that there's no finale drives me insane every single time that I watch it because I want there to be that big musical number where everything comes together. I I think I know where you're going because I remember that very vividly. How and the end I is like a coda. Love yeah. that the Frozen Hyperion show brought in "Love Is an Open Door" as the finale. Yes, that's right. that's the song that rounds out the whole show, and they have the parents come back and the that parents part is, sing it. That part genuinely hits me in the feels when it's you see the parents incredible. up here to sing it. It's such a powerful moment, and it's such a it's such a perfect song for the show. I think mm-hmm. that that really represents all of the overarching themes of the story, and it's such a it's such a bummer that mm-hmm. that's not yeah. in the movie. Oh my gosh, this is so true. Yeah, and and watching it today, I sort of I was thinking not exactly those terms with like the Hyperion in mind, but yeah, I, I was like, yeah, Anna. Anna's you know naive and cute and all of those things, but she's not. She's also not naive i i guess no. she she keeps going and and she she knows she, she doesn't know how important the phrase love is an open door means but she she kind of lives that it, it's like just in case like be kind right. just in case and up until she saves the day just by by love, which is a whole other conversation. Like, wow, I thought it was the man and the woman. Right. And, you know, that whole thing. Um, I th- it, it's interesting because, like, with, uh, with Anna, the things she is naive about make sense. She's not a dumb character. Like, the, there, there's sometimes where it's like, yeah. people are like, well, if they're secluded, they know nothing. And then I've seen the movies where they do that. This is like, whatever she doesn't know makes sense why she doesn't know it, but she's not, like, so dumb about the world that it's like, wow, is it like this? No, we don't get that, which is, oh, that's such a nice thing. Absolutely. Like, she's educated. Yes. She's just inexperienced. She has, she has, she has learning experience, but not, like, real world experience. Exactly. That's a key point. Also, um, I want to bring up voice actors really quick, because, um, one of the things I noticed is, so they got really well-known people, especially Broadway people. Yes. Because uh, we have Adina Menzel as Elsa, mm-hmm. definitely a Broadway powerhouse. And then um, Christoph is voiced by Jonathan Groff, also a Broadway um, singer. He was in, um, goodness, I am blanking on... He was on. in Hamilton. Uh, he, oh, yeah, he was in Hamilton. But he also, before that, he was in... Um, oh, and I'm blanking on it right now. I, I But he, it was a it was one of those musicals. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it was a musical that won like an Academy of Walnut. So, um, and I apologize yeah, that I forget. Very, very talented yeah. singer. Oh yeah, which I—that's one of the reasons I love that he's a very talented singer. But the only song he sings is this silly little yeah. reindeer song, and I'm like, you know what? I appreciate that movie. You could have just had, you could have given him like this big song, but you just give him this silly one. Great, but. Kristen Bell was always, everybody, a lot of people would say, wow, I'm so surprised. Kristen Bell and she could sing? Dude, the number of conversations I had about this leading up to this freaking movie, because every single person Mm -hmm. came at me, like, 
Kristen Bell? I don't know. And I was like, I'm sorry, you need to watch Reefer Madness yes. right now. I, I saw Put it on. Yes, I saw Reefer Madness before. I, I'm like, oh yeah, of course, she could sing. Absolutely. Yeah. She's such a talented singer. And as, as soon as they announced her, I pictured her voice mm-hmm. in Reefer Madness, and I was like, she's got a princess voice. Yeah. She's got a perfect princess voice. And perfect for the, like, young, inexperienced, naive, younger sister princess. And one of the things, so out of all the characters in the movie, because um, I'll also get into San- Santino Fontana in a little bit, because his voice sticks out so much after I've watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. You have no idea. (laughs) Best show. Oh my goodness. Um, Oh no. uh, So, okay, I'll just say that really quick. Hans is voiced by Santino Fontana, who is in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and he sings a lot of songs, and the songs are very, like... There's a song he sings about UTIs, for goodness sake. So... Uh, it, it, David and I would just, like, joke about, like, you know what, what if he, is this a sub part where he sings Settle for Me? <laughs> um, and stuff like that. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. But out of all the voice actors where it's like, oh, yeah, it's this actor, I didn't get that with Kristen Bell. For the most part, I'm like, yeah, this is Anna, and then later on, I'm like, oh, wait, that's right! <laughs> Kristen Bell voices her! And, th- like, there's no reason for me not to pick her out. Like, another show that I had just watched and, like, obsessed over was uh, The Good Place. And so I know her voice very well, but she just embodies Anna so yeah. well that it just <gasps> it, it just works so perfectly. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even think of it as Kristen Bell. I think of it as Anna. There's never a moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Kristen Bell. I find that the more that I watch the movie, the more that happens for me with most of it, except for Josh Gad. Josh Gad, you might mean you could pick out of a crowd of people Mm -hmm. screaming. (laughs) His voice is just so recognizable. Uh, Um, But even like when I first saw the movie, I was like, yes, Idina, get it. mm -hmm. And now I'm like watching it today. I was like, I kept forgetting it was Idina. Yeah. Because they they do really come these characters mm-hmm. so and, much, and for the most part, yes, I feel that. I think the most one. I'm just saying. So, hundred oh, percent for yeah. the most, it's Kristen Bell for me because like I didn't even tell. Absolutely, like I forgot there are only like one or two moments where I'm like, yeah, that's Adina, but it's it was like one or two. It's there's other ones where other movies where I'm like, yes, I know it's this voice actor. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can totally hear it's this voice actor. Um, but yeah, for the most part, Kristen Bell. Basically, nothing. Or no, I, no, what I mean nothing is like, don't even think of right. her. No recognizability. Yeah. Now, um, I'm, and we'll get to Olaf eventually, because it, uh, it, yes. it does need to be addressed. Yeah. But I want to, we're not really doing it scene by scene, but let's start at the beginning of the story real quick, because there's one thing I want to talk about, and it's mostly because, I, like, there's so much, we were talking about this a little bit, but I mm-hmm. wanted to really touch on it here. And, you know, um... The, the the baby versions of all these characters. Kristoff's <laughs> not terribly important. We know, I mean, he is later. But we know that yeah. he and Sven were effect- effectively just kind of hanging around with the ice miners, the ice yes. collectors. And then he was apparently just randomly befriended the trolls. So we don't know much about his background. two things that I want to jump in here while we're briefly mentioning baby Kristoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt this Thing was important number to mention. one, I love the opening to this movie. Yes. And I feel... I feel very, like, I find that the Disney movies that have the more, like, heavy undertones and the more, like, dramatic stories are the ones that start similar to Frozen, like Pocahontas and Hunchback of Notre Dame, where right. you start mm-hmm. with these 
these very dramatic choral musical numbers. Yeah. And you you start with a musical number that's very symbolic of the story that's about to happen. I did, I did find the beginning, I was still find the beginning kind of unusual. It's about, uh, hey, uh, hey, and uh, nah, like before, before that happens. Yeah. Because it doesn't strike me so as particularly that opening Scandinavian. is actually a Norwegian mm-hmm. Christmas song. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's a Christmas I thought it, carol. I thought it, I thought it might have been, but it just, when I listen to it, I'm like, it's not the first thing that comes to my mind, but now that with the context of that, I'm like, okay, 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 it works. Yeah. The interesting part about the beginning is, first of all, it's unique. If this were any other Disney movie, it would have began with the sisters waking. Yes. Um, <laughs> but good morning. Yeah, 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 but yeah, wait, absolutely. But I feel like this is a this part also gets you basically in, like kind of puts you in the local local it, it kind of localizes it like where you're like okay i feel like i'm now in norway i'm starting to understand a little bit yes. of where we're going to be what this location I, is i, I want to bolster what you two are saying um and and forgive me I, I forget the exact point you made angie about um oh it when when movies start off more thematically uh, you mentioned pocahontas and everything and and watching this again today uh, first of all, real quick, amazing opening shot of like light refracting through ice with yes, the guy walking right? on top of it. That was cool. Mm-hmm. But, um, w- when I got started on my realization, uh, like, like you, David, when you say, I, I, the, the movie starts and I'm like, oh, themes. <laughs> uh, obviously, you watch the movie a second time and it's not hard to see what these men are really singing about. Yes. Right. So let's not pretend like there's some, you know, deep-seated, like, oh, I discovered this. No. But, but to your, to uh, Kayla and Angie's points, um, when, when a movie like that, especially a kid's movie, especially a kid's movie that we all look back on and go, wow, that was better than I thought, when they tend to start off less, less focusing on the characters, the movie starts with, this is how the world is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. World building. That and it's like, okay, so the this world acknowledges that love is important and and being vigilant and true to who you are is important. In a song about harvesting ice, which you don't pick up the first time. You're like, oh yeah, it's a cold place and there's a stupid little kid and whatever. Yeah. But when a, when a movie decides to bring you into the world for that's the main character. Yes. Then, and then, Let's also not discount the fact that those ice harvesters are all working together. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. They're they are a team, they are a family. Like they each they, need each other to do each next step of Right. That they they process. are doing they're doing the work in unison with each other. Exactly. And it's perfectly synchronized. It's not just works for a musical number, but the work that's involved with the yes. pretty grueling process mm-hmm. of and cutting it, and stacking and hauling ice away for the Whatever, you know, the purposes of taking yeah. them to Arendelle or whatever. It's very symbolic. It's, yeah. It's also multiple male singers singing the same note together. It's So it's like, um, and what I get by this is like going with the whole, they're a team, they're a family. So it's like, you're hearing a collection of voices, not just like one leading them. Right, right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. It's not even like a sea shanty. It's not even like a call and response. No. It's just, this yeah. is what we do. Anyhow. But yeah, no, I, I love, because I do, I like I was saying, I liken it to like Hunchback of Notre Dame opens with the bells. Yes, yes, in yes. The skies over Paris, right? Yes, it is. It, it, that that uh, soundtrack so still it, gives me chills. Yeah, oh, and, like, no. and, 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 and Pocahontas and starts true. with you going down the river with 
all it of the people does, of her tribe. It does not actually picking the corn. Well, but, it but does not. Well, it starts in England, but yeah, then, it starts but, with England. But it really feels oh, like true. it starts. That's true. There, so I know. But I, I know what you're putting down. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're putting down. Yeah, I but it like the having we those, could split hairs. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm just sort of like, well, not having really. those <laughs> openings is what really builds. Yes, yeah. it I, builds the world and it sets you in a place. I agree. So, um, but yeah, so. First and foremost, I think that it's really important that Frozen starts the way that it does because it does set the themes for the mm-hmm. film. Right. The second thing is the note that Sean and I came up with watching this movie earlier. Did those trolls just fucking kidnap Kristoff? K- they might. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I mean, I'm going like, to keep you. He literally is like with his family, presumably. Presumably. Harvesting. I, I mean, we don't know, but like there's a kid with all of these men. Someone knows him. And then he follows the king and queen to the trolls, and this bitch is just like, I'm gonna keep you. And then he's like, the trolls are my family. And I'm like... Well, as I mentioned (laughs) at the beginning, Kristoff kind of sucked at his job, so those dudes were probably all too eager to just... Um, Valid. Yeah. Throw him to the rocks. (laughs) They were like, he drowned. (laughs) I'm going to raise a little bit of a weird point here. Just just work with me here. Based on that same idea. (laughs) Trolls, okay, because that lens creates trolls maybe kind of sort of kidnap Kristoff. Trolls also give bad advice that is ultimately damaging listen, to the yes, psyche. Listen. No, Wait a minute. Listen, no, I will hear listen. nothing bad when we get to the point about the trolls. where we're talking about the troll song. I'll come back no, around. No, 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 no. Themes to no, dis- I know no, 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 no. It's actually not. It's not the troll song we're talking it's about. It's not the troll song. I know. Yeah, but and I, I want to have an disagree. overarching conversation I'm not talking about, about the troll the song, which okay. slaps, by the way. Okay. Okay. People need to step off. Fixer upper. Okay, so right I'm now. just saying, actually I want to have can a I, whole conversation. Oh yeah, hold we on. Can, I, I, I want to talk about. Like, let me get. I, hold on. I want to bring up first off, because um, a lot of people always put fixer upper as the worst song, which I disagree with as well. They're assholes. Because they're dumb I, as hell. Because I think the worst song in my brain, and I'm let just going. Go. No. <laughs> wow. No, I think it's in summer because it brings the film to a grinding halt. Like there's no reason for it. He you could just he could just say in a couple lines. I I tried to I can't remember yeah. the lyrics for the life of me. And the beat is very is so is a bit too slow or there's something about it where I can't remember very don't remember the beat. I don't remember the lyrics other than the puddle happy snowman's part because it's a because it, it like has a beat or it has a comedic timing thing, but it it just it, there's no reason for it to be there. It's so pointless. At least with Fixer Upper, there's, yes, there's overarching themes. It actually moves the plot forward a little bit more. Yeah, there's a very key, I, very, very, very key, key line but in with, that song with that in, we are going to talk about, I, oh, of yeah. course, because you know. Because it's, it's basically, here's yeah. the movie, oh, yeah. and here's the reason yeah. problems exist. So <laughs> We're going to discuss there. This won't the make trolls. In Summer not... The worst song in the movie. Like I hate shitting on. It's it's better every time I see it. But I can no. scrape together barely a if you have if, if, a, if you a theme have to pick a, a no no. I'm saying I'm trying in in defense of in summer. I because I was forcing myself to figure out what Olaf is doing besides being marketing fodder because yeah. we can we can shit on marketing people who don't know we can do that all day. But Disney writers. Don't waste time for the most part. Like there's most part. There's a reason why. And and I'm looking at Olaf this this run through, and 
Olaf is just a... He only is what Elsa is feeling, but she can't be those things, as I I mentioned in my perspective. Yeah. So here's this naive guy that wants to experience something that, for all intents and purposes, it, it will kill him. Just like Elsa wants to be doing the opposite of what she's fucking doing her entire life. And she just cannot, as I said, this is why Elsa is important to me. She just wants so badly to just be doing the other thing. And she can't because she doesn't know or the world said no or whatever. So I have no problem believing Olaf is like, yeah, I'm just... I'm all the things Elsa can't do and be happy and yeah, what well, summer sounds great. Now, did it does that am I saying that it needed to be in the movie? No, but I can scrape together a theme no, here. Okay. I'm with you. I'll, I'll, I'll give you props for that. <laughs> I still think it's the worst song in the movie, but if you have to I'll, pick the worst song. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, yeah. If I had to pick one to Only cut, because I would pick in summer. Same. Yeah. But I do think I think it's important being that it is a kid's movie. I think that it's there for that little bit of comic relief because otherwise that movie would be heavy as fuck. Because there's like no... Every time I watch this movie, there's nothing happening song-wise after Let It Go. Right. And and then there's... (laughs) Halfway into the movie, the songs are done. It it is (laughs) fascinating how the first half of the movie, it's like song, 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 and then let it go, and then nothing for yeah. I, and then But summer, you're right, you're right. And then this is a movie that wants to be a musical. Upper, and then yeah. reprise of first no, no, time. No, no, uh, well, reprise, then fixer upper. Oh, no, fixer upper came after that. That's right. Yeah. Okay, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, yeah, okay, so we'll, yeah, the we'll save the trolls. We'll save the trolls. We'll save the yes. trolls. Because let's, let's talk about, can we talk about young Anna, young Elsa, and more specifically, the king and queen. I will. Yes. I will say because that this is, before we do that, just a cute thing. So the whole um, this is like this was a relatable thing with my um, little sister and I. Not to the extent as yours. Like this is just a small thing. My sister would do the same thing where she would wake me up in the morning and be like, "Let's play, come on, let's play," and I'm like. <laughs> and she's like, please. I'm like, fine. This is the first time I noticed, though. There's that repeat of the line where um, I can't be awake, I can't be asleep because the sky is awake. Yeah. yeah. And then Olaf has and that Olaf same has line later. I'm like, he really is just the embodiment of their like childhood. One of the recurring things that, that. that people I, within the fandom talk about a lot is the idea of Olaf being a physical representation of. Elsa's, like, idealized perception of this past that she had. Olaf, Her youth and her naivete and her relationship with her sister and the fun that they used to have. He is literally a representation. Absolutely. I'm just gonna say, so when I first saw Olaf, it was in that little, like, teaser thing with, like, Sven and, uh, or, uh, yeah, Sven and him. And when I first saw Olaf, I hated him. Everybody because, did. Yeah, because but, he. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm like, what is this abomination? What? What? Why is? What is this design? But then the movie makes it make sense. Yes, it's the little kids who made this. This is why the design is the way he is. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Um, I kind of, and then as it continue, I do kind of like the idea of like he can pull himself apart and all that. When I first saw it in this like little teaser, I thought it was horrifying. It's introduced nicely enough in this film where I'm like, okay, it's kind of like a skeleton. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. no, it's not like a skeleton because as Olaf clearly mentioned in the movie, <laughs> yeah. he does not have a skull. 
Or bones. I, I'm thinking it like a, <laughs> I'm thinking like the spooky, scary skeletons where they like you know. Oh yeah, the whole skeleton dance yeah. thing. I, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that sort of thing. Yeah, um, no, I'm, I I get what you're putting down. Uh, okay. Um, and um, but yeah, so um, Olaf's design actually works when you watch the film. Yeah, he's handled a lot better in the movie than he was he, in the teasers. Oh yeah, Olaf man. Okay, I guess this is good because we we can talk about Olaf here and then kind of. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> we're already here. We might as well. This is where we it feels organic. Well. And he is tied to their childhood. So there's these little bits that I make him endearing He's to also me. technically introduced in that opening. That's yes. true. So it is important to mention because he's the snowman. He is the snowman that they want to build. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's central to the themes. Yeah. So, which is good. So he's not a throwaway character that's just a gag. No. Like no, some absolutely. sidekicks in some movies. Yeah. So there are times in the movie where he comes dangerously close in a more inept movie to to annoying sidekick. Yes. But he never crosses and instead becomes endearing and fun. Yes. And he toes that line, but he never goes over it. And as the movie progresses, there are loads of bits where he just becomes more endearing. And that is really impressive. Yes. Considering how badly that has gone in some animated movies that are handled more ineptly. And I... I will attribute a large part of that to Josh Gad as that yeah. character. Yeah, no, he's he's great. Because he, he does... is just so good, uh, even from from Book of Mormon, at playing these characters that sh- you should hate. Mm-hmm. But for some, <laughs> he just makes them so lovable. And having met him um, at the Frozen 2 red carpet, mm-hmm. he is just... A teddy bear. Uh-huh. Like, he's just, even just as a person, he is so sweet. He came over and talked. We had little kids with us, and he came over and talked with them. He signed their little pop figures. Aww. He did the Olaf voice for us. Like, he was just so genuine. And I think he really brings his own personality to that character a for lot. For sure. And it just, you just can't help but love him. I do like the fact that also, usually side characters go loud and fast-paced, fast-talking, where he's more in a more calmer one, and he, but still funny, and it's like, and when he does, it's more. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it's it's he speaks more calmly. His, his delivery of certain lines is great. Like, oh look, I've, I've been, been impaled. impaled. Is yeah. like that's great. It's all about the delivery. Mm-hmm. And, and he's got this like wonderful childlikeness. Yes. To him. Like, he just so well represents that sense of childlike wonder. Uh-huh. Where he's just like, the world is amazing. And you guys are my best friends. Well, yes. he's, we just met. He's love, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. He, he is that. I mean, if, if he is, you know, he, he's what Elsa is not. And he's what they were when they were younger. Yeah. And then he even, and then he drops all that, like, knowledge by the fireplace is like oh well here's he, he you, you thought he was full of shit the whole time yeah and he's like oh no actually love is this and here's why this is important You're like oh he, he does so he has no capacity to say things m- loudly and meanly and in a way that isn't uh through a lens of admiration and like That's wow you so impaled beautiful. me really good yeah <laughs> okay the, the snowman the snowman is one of the warmest characters yeah it is and furthermore i was keeping tabs this time watching it like who opens doors in this wow very key holy point. shit yeah olaf mm-hmm. opens Deep a cuts. door <laughs> olaf opens a door with his carrot nose and yes. saves <laughs> helps save anna's life yes so who who opens a door Olaf opens a door. 
There you yeah. go. He's also the one that pushes Anna to open Elsa's door. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Just knock. Why isn't she knocking? knocking. Yeah. Does she know how yeah. to knock? Why is this a problem? Just go love. Yeah. Just love. You're here for love. Anna, just Anna love. opens yeah, a window no capacity. for the two of them to escape the castle Um, when it's all frozen over. Uh, so that's Olaf. Yes. I think that's a good... I think that's such a beautiful way to say that Olaf is love. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> Olaf is, is love. He is he literally, is. he does give warm hugs. He mm-hmm. does. He, he is a warm hug. It's it's such a great bit. I'm so glad that I he exists as a character. So, I'm so glad I'm, that he changed my perspective because I did the exact same thing where I saw that teaser and I was like, I hate uh, this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't want to watch this character in a movie. And then he showed up in the movie and I was like, shit, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> And also, one quick aside, regardless how you feel about the movie, when I heard that they were casting uh, Josh Gad as LeFou, yes. I was like, perfect casting choice. Perfect. Yeah, literally perfect. <laughs> He's already great sidekick material in there. Why wouldn't he be great sidekick material as yes. one of my favorite bad guy sidekicks in a yes. Disney movie? <laughs> LeFou is the kind of character I would want to play in a production yes. like that. He's fun. Anyway, uh, so... Parents. I yes. want to talk about the king yes. and the queen. Yes, talk so, about the king and the queen. I'm going to make this joke really quick because we oh, discovered this at the end of the film. The king is voiced by Maurice LaMarche, who he is the voice of uh, the brain from Kiki and the Brain. And is he really? I, yes, I he heard is. it so when funny. on that aerial shot. We'll 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 cut the staff, and I'm like, is that? the brain today of all time yeah i <laughs> so I, funny that's that is funny wow and then david i think oh, he, i think it was david who made the joke it's like i'm surprised because like you think he would be supportive of elsa's uh power so he could try to take over the world <laughs> <laughs> i mean i could also joke that he, at one point uh maurice lamarche was trying to do his best lorenzo music impression to voice garfield it's happened <laughs> so you could say garfield he's also voiced garfield so <laughs> so funny. wait he yeah. did well, he yeah, because he he could do a he could do apparently a pretty killer impression of Lorenzo Music, who was the original but voice what, of Garfield. Garfield has perpetually been not Bill Murray. <laughs> it was the other guy. I didn't know there was like a third. I'm mostly drawing back to the fact that they were both on the real Ghostbusters and they did the things together. And of course, oh, then Bill okay. Murray, ironically, and Marie, no, it was Lorenzo Music did the voice in that cartoon of, um, of Bill Murray's character. Uh, uh, yeah. Right? Of, yeah. Uh, of Peter Venkman. And then of course, Bill Murray goes on to voice Lorenzo <laughs> Music's most well-known character, which is Garfield as a voice. Cause it's like, okay, sure. They're doing impressions of each other basically. So anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, so we know the king is Maurice LaMarche. Yeah, that was just a fun aside. Which is a great aside. Um, the queen doesn't the sh- have lines. Not right. many, unfortunately. The queen does not have lines. Uh, the, no, if anything, the, ki- the king is more central, just based on pictures and images we see, to Elsa. Yes. Because, like, her, his portrait is the one that she kind of compares herself to. Yes. When she's getting ready yeah. for the coronation no, and, he's, and everything. He's the one that gives her the gloves. She's riding on his horse when they go to the trolls. Like, she and her father very clearly have, like, a a bond and a relationship but, that but, she doesn't necessarily have with anybody else. Right. But that relationship is interesting because it is all about him telling her we have to do this for everyone's safety. Yes. Because, frankly, this whole situation got out of hand and now it's getting worse. And, again, it's like, could they have... Could the parents have handled it better? Absolutely. Yes, they but they didn't know. No, because they were scared and they yeah. were... They, you I, know, 
fear is really a very recurring theme in, in mm-hmm. the movie mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Where, like, yes, you sit and you look at it and you're like, oh, Elsa's scared and that's why everything happens. But from the very beginning, her parents were scared. And that's what triggered everything happening. Yes. But I will say, why did the troll have to... So the head troll basically says, you have to keep her under control or she'll destroy everything. And it's like, dude, you just went a little too hardcore with, like, she's basically dangerous. And it's like, that kind of ruined everything. And you just made her parents Uh, more scared. No shitting on the trolls. That's not what he said, though. I just, yeah, I agree with Sean. That's not what he said. There's there's beauty in your magic, but also danger. And and all they hear, all they hear is the danger. All dad hears is the danger. All Elsa hears is the danger. Yes, that's not what the troll says. That's what they hear. And this is the same elder troll who's like, I'm going, it's not that hard to heal. And we'll leave the fun, you know, and it's like. Exactly. No, exactly. And that's such a strange... That's such an important part, though, is that he he knows. He knows how important love is. He knows how important fun can we, is. Can we sidebar the trolls? I am, I am ready yes. to talk about the what trolls. What if we just talk about the trolls now? Okay, let's can just talk about the trolls now, because now this has led logically into the trolls. Yes, we're segueing okay, into we'll the We'll come back to the king and queen in because a second, because after... It's not that long until they, they cack it anyway. Cack it! I know it is it is extremely important that Grandpappy Troll chooses his words very decidedly. The parents hear what they hear. Elsa hears what she hears and it instigates fear. But I do not believe that that was Grandpappy's intention. Okay, because it's hard because it's like the the parents do make. Yes, they do it out of fear, but there's a lot of horrible choices they make out of fear. Like, yes, for example. And I'm going very near the end. You see Elsa in those handcuffs things. Those didn't exist. Like, those were made for her. Yeah. And that in a, in a dungeon, that's dark. She, they, like, they died when she was like, what, 18? So she was a child and they made these for their child. That's horrifying. Yeah. No, every, everything that they did was very based around like worst case scenarios, mm-hmm. and there but they, they, there was never really a moment where anybody took a step back and tried to think like, okay, but but what what are the positives here that we can focus on? They just found you know who f-ing knew all that the mother f-ing trolls the okay. mother f-ing no okay I've been waiting okay okay, okay. here's why I love the trolls <laughs> tell us why you love the trolls okay. because they. Everything is obvious to them. Okay? Let, I, I'll explain. Okay. Every... They... They're, they're not... I don't think they're trying to be cryptic, like, my riddle's three, and no. here's a no, door, no, no, and no. I don't not untell the untruth if you... <laughs> you know. But everything makes sense to them. They... They just chill, man. They are not... They're not gonna stress about it, because... It, you you meet the trolls and they're singing the song and Anna's dying and they should be stressed out of their fucking minds. And watching it a couple of times, you think this is just the goofy, you know, in summer of that portion of the movie. But the trolls always are one step ahead. They're just like, yeah. and it's obvious to them. Oh, you know, uh, a heart can be, a head can be healed easier than a heart. Uh yeah, obviously Anna and Kristoff are going to end up together. Oh, uh, just everything makes sense to them and they don't go out of their way to prove it to you because they don't need to prove anything to anyone. They just 
they know. Yeah. They knew what was going to happen when Kristoff was there as a little kid and everything. And they're just, they're going, and I'm watching these trolls. And I'm just like, man, yeah, they they knew the whole time. And then they hit you with that line in the song. Like, people yeah. make bad choices when there's when there's matter, 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 matter stress. stress. And, like, holy, they knew the whole fucking time. Yes. <laughs> not, but it was just obvious to them. They're not going to, like, beat you over the head with it. They're like... We learned this, so you need to learn this too. It they weren't joking around when they said you, Anna and Kristoff. You know were gonna- what I just realized is that's what parents and like adults are supposed to fucking do is just trust that you're gonna figure it out. Yeah, they just give people hints. They're like, here's the hints. Yes, we know you're gonna figure it out. But everyone wants and to shit on the trolls. The king for- and queen do the exact opposite. Yeah, the well, they made the bad choices. Don't let so we're- uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> because they're, they're, they're stressed oh. out of their minds. Because- All hail the trolls! Okay. Everyone I, who hates right. the trolls is wrong. Okay. okay, I never hated the trolls. Honestly, what, weird, trolls. weirdly enough, actually... I didn't say you did. I'm saying every other person I've ever spoken to about this movie yeah. is like, Frozen's okay, but like, why are the trolls even there? It was there? so stupid. And I'm like, Grandpa, do you have five hours? <laughs> but I, th- that was the trouble part, because it's like, in my brain, I'm like thinking... Because it's... I think it's the fact he says that, but you're right. It is said in a very calm way, and in, he's like, well, yeah, it can be dangerous. It's kind of like... Yeah, well, it's he, even like brings some, up the, he even brings up the point, like, you should be careful what you do with these, because not everybody's going to understand yeah. these powers, yes. and all they hear is, no one is going to understand them. make sure well, that no okay, one ever knows. Here's what everybody thinks. I'm going to I'm gonna put this out there. Everybody wants to shit on Troll uh, Patriarch for... For basically f***ing up Elsa and the whole movie, and he yeah. did it wrong. What they want... So really- What was he gonna say? What was he gonna yeah. say other than what he said? Oh, yeah, just, uh, here, uh, Elsa's powers are gonna do this, this, and this, and just, like, you know, don't f***ing worry about it. I, okay. Oh, that'll fix it. Like, they, they wanted him to say that, and, they, and that would have fixed the movie. But if he said that, that wouldn't have worked. I realize, <laughs> I realize too, it's, he, the way he explains it, because now I'm looking back, it's like when a doctor explains, um, okay, you have, you have this disease, or this disease, this is stuff that, it could be dangerous this way, but if you manage it, you should be fine. Yes. It's like that, but then parents hear, oh, no, she's a danger, keep her away from everyone, and now they just see their child as this like whole, yeah. yeah, and like that's not how you should see a child, and yes. it's I, and it's not the and you're right. It's not the also it's not the patriarch troll's job to basically be like, hey, you know, you should probably treat your kid a little nicer and like show love and affection. Not yeah, they like I, I, you would totally. I think it's everyone would have wrote it off as some dumb <laughs> line. Hey, just love your kid, man, mm-hmm. and that that w- but wasn't it? M- Better to arrive at that conclusion by the end of the movie mm-hmm. ourselves. Wasn't that a more fun adventure than the troll just going, oh, yeah, <laughs> the magic's fine now. It, yeah, but they might have still kidnapped Kristoff, though. It, 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 it's <laughs> just, they definitely still would have kidnapped Kristoff. Yeah. So you could, that's a knock against the trolls. I'll stand by that. No, I'm okay. <laughs> it's fine. Because um, apparently Kristoff turned out all right. But Kristoff also, later on in the movie, does say, I had no one. It was just me and Sven until I found them. Yeah. So... He's, I'm going to go with, based no, go on what he said, I'm just going to safely assume that he was an orphan child and just grew up among these guys and just yeah. d- just did uh, Yeah, I mean, I think that that is the, the story that yeah. we're supposed <laughs> to believe. I like throwing in my little <laughs> bit of the trolls are a little it's, dark. 
I love my fan theory yeah. that get the fiance out of the way Wait. is literally them cursing Hans. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, up until that point, he's amazing. Yeah, he is. He is amazing. He's helping out the town. Yes, and... like he's a good ruler. He's kind and compassionate and caring. Should, should we talk about Hans now? I will talk about Hans all day and Well, night. that's the problem. <laughs> so he's I, amazing. No. Well, that Hans, there's, there's no way that's a well, that's a ploy at all. What, could, ma- what makes Hans it could be well? I mean, I'll say this: what makes Hans such a <laughs> shrewd villain is that he probably would be a good ruler. He's probably yes, he, yes. He would never have the opportunity back home. But if he became, if things had gone yeah. his way, even underhandedly. Like, the people of Arendelle probably would have done okay. With Which him. is a villain cocktail, for sure. Yeah. Yes. He's like, scorned. He, he's, and... not, he's, not a, he's not a megalomaniac. No. He's yeah, not no. like, he just wants something that he's been denied, and he will yes. always be denied. Yes, and I think, that that, I think that that makes him very, very real. Yes. In that he, he knows what he wants, and he knows he'd be good at it and how to do it, and he's willing to do whatever he has to yeah to get that and he probably would have married anna and had a very artificial relationship with her yes yeah had this opportunity not arisen where he's like oh shit now i don't have to yeah exactly he it was all a means to an end so i mean that that yeah. doesn't justify anything he did no all i'm saying is that what i think is very he's interesting ju- about he's hans he's just a businessman yeah he's he just is Elon Musk. it's it's just business yes yeah. yeah. it's he's just business Elon. He's and I will do whatever it. I will do what it takes to get to where I want to be. But once I'm there, I will do the best damn job I can yeah. while I'm there. But at just the, to prove, if anything, just to prove to my older brothers that I can. That I can. Yeah. But at, but at the same time, I think it, uh, he did get a taste of what it's like to be a ruler. And yes, he's does a, a good job. But then it gets it does get kind of threatened. And then in, um, with Anna coming back and then uh, realizing with Elsa, and it's like, okay, I need to streamline this. And I think there is probably an assumption that comes in there. And there is still enough of a bad personality. Like, this is someone who well, is willing to kill uh, this person and then actually kill yeah. another person. And, that, yeah. and that's where I say, because, like, he he doesn't kill Anna. No. He just lets her die. But he was about I'm to kill. I'm not saying that that's he, good. He pulls but a Bruce he Wayne. But he, he says, I don't, I'm not going to gonna kill you, but I don't have to save you. But <laughs> he, I believe, so I believe but he that does... Hans showed up to try and marry Elsa. Yes. I believe that was his, no, that, I'm with that you. Was his intention. I'm absolutely yes. with and he I think says he showed that. up to the he, coronation because he, he wanted that. to meet her. No, and he even says that when he's, when he's, by the way, and this is the other thing, you know, when he twists the, the knife, an emotional knife in Anna. Yes. With, you know, if only yes. there was someone who loved you. And Elsa he just goes around. Preferable. And that's when he does go full villain. And he's yes. talking about, like, Elsa was preferable because this is my plan. And it's like, and he's like, well, it's nothing. Uh, you know, it's like, but, but he's, it, he is reveling yeah. in his, like, kind of scheming a little bit in that part. Yes. But and otherwise. I, I don't think that he went into anything with the intention of killing people. No. But there, but there is... I think he just took advantage of the situation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But he yeah. still exactly. did try to kill Elsa. Yes. He still tried to stab her. Yes. And because it was his last resort. Yeah. yeah. And... His goal was to have someone else do it. He was going to have her executed for treason. Yeah. So he's yeah. like, let the executioner do it, uh-huh. and I just get to sit back and become king, yay for me. Yeah. But when she escapes, he's like, I now have no choice but to do this. Yeah, myself. if I don't do this now, everyone's going to figure out cover what I the exactly. storm. Yeah, which is really convenient because, like, we were actually watching that part. We're like, wait, why do the people up there just know what's going on? Like, well, the storm conveniently stops. Everyone has a clear view of Hans, like, I'm going to kill you. And then Anna doing her 
Her breaking her own curse, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Her own act of true love saves herself. Because actually, which so, is great. some people have brought up how, like, well, didn't Olaf did something nice for her? But, like, he did an act of love. Why didn't that break it? But it's it was her that's supposed to do the act of love for someone else that was supposed to. And that's how I mean, was able yeah. to figure out, like, oh, that's yeah, why yeah, yeah, Olaf's yeah. act of love didn't work. And I'm, she's supposed to be the one to do it. And I'm sure we'll come back around to that, yeah. obviously, because that yeah. is such a pivotal thing about this yes. movie. That's, like, the fulcrum point. Yes. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so the, but the, it's just interesting with Hans. It's just like, I'm, I'm making all these arguments about him being a good king, but like, but he really couldn't resist that moment where he, he, he twists the knife emotionally with Anna before yeah. leaving her mm-hmm. to die. And I'm like, well, that's when you know that he's a scumbag for sure. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, not just in yeah. the traditional sense. He could have just been like, well, goodbye and left, but he has to, he has to really just, mm, just get in there. Yes. Well, then that, I wonder then. So I brought up the point, I, I never thought of it. It's like, what if, what if he did kiss her? Would that make it even worse? It wouldn't have, it wouldn't, yeah. have, it wouldn't have done anything, but. Yeah. What, what do you mean it wouldn't have done anything? Well, like, if he would have kissed her, he's not her true, it's not That's true. my point. Yeah. Why not do it knowing you don't love her? And. Well, that, he's like, see? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And that was, that was exactly the conversation <laughs> that we were having, yeah. where I was like, I feel like that would have been worse. But if, if Anna had to be the one it. to do it anyway, then it. Maybe it wouldn't have worked, even if he did love her. So that that yeah. shoots that down. I, I think it is a visual thing because if we were to see uh, the main character kiss the villain, um, that that's kind of and it's her first kiss. Well, I, that was my point. Was I'm like for a yeah, Disney that movie that sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for a Disney movie, <laughs> for a Disney can't. movie when true love's kiss is so important. That it yes. even gets and, even parodied. And yet. thinking about it from his perspective, like it's possible that he. He didn't even want to risk it, maybe. Because yeah. he's like, well, if she truly loves yeah, me, okay. will it still uh, work even if it's uh, just one-sided? Gotta redefine print I mean, it there. definitely was Disney mm-hmm. decidedness of, like, we can't have but, a kiss in a Disney movie if it's not yes. true love. Yeah, mm-hmm. But thinking about it from just a film perspective, I do think that that would have been I see what you're really saying about heavy Disney, but, like, also, because there's no... There's no kiss in the movie except for when when he gets the sled later, yeah. but that wasn't like a. I, you could argue like that's that's their true love moment and blah blah blah, but that wasn't like I don't if we're gonna sem- be semantics over the cinematic holy shit kiss that doesn't exist in Frozen. <laughs> I, so well, I, I say I, I I'm throw not it say, away. For I, a I, I, I'm not saying it's a holy shit moment. It, I think it's supposed to, like it's not true love's kiss at the end, but it's like hey. It's her first, like her first kiss, and it's now they're, yeah, now they're together. See, all a- the more re- that would have been twice as good after living through that incredibly terrible Hans. Like I'm, I I don't see a reason not to have it in there. To be perfectly honest, hmm. aside, even the Dis- aside from Disney, no, even that because <laughs> Disney, Disney. Let's pre- let let's just go full balls here and say yeah, Disney invented and copywrote that idea. So so they have full control over what that kiss is supposed to mean and what it does. They can do whatever they want with it, including f- with your head and flip the table. Yes, but and my point is it's still a kid's movie. Yes. F- those kids. <laughs> it's still meant for... Yeah. yeah, kids even know how big a deal that is. And then when it doesn't work, go, oh, f- <laughs> Yes, and I... I agree with you. I've, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you in any stretch of the imagination. 
my point is thinking solely from the perspective well, of the wrong. Disney suits yes. that are perpetually wrong, yes. <laughs> but they're sitting and looking at this movie where you're already breaking all the Disney rules. Yes. Yeah. You're breaking so many Disney yeah, rules already. That's true, yeah. You have girls holding hands. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 wait till the next oh, movie to, I, to, so <laughs> to I, do that. We have, neither Dave and I have seen Frozen 2, so don't. Don't say anything yet. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> That's but, true. You only but, get one per but, movie. But I... Another thing... Right back. Go ahead. Go for it. Another thing, too, is the fact that... And I will get into this um, probably once we discuss Let It Go. But um, one of the taboos or, like, one of the complaints parents had about it is there were a lot of conservative Christians who were like, Why did you make Elsa gay? <laughs> Why? Why is this? Why are queer pe- kids acting like? Oh, she represents me. I connect with her. Why doesn't she have a prince? Like there were actually complaints about this. Yes. Yeah. And that's these people that's need jobs. One of yes. There's something. And to that's one do. of the ways in which I say like they were already breaking so many Disney rules. Where the mm-hmm. main the main character doesn't end up with someone. There's not a wedding at the end. The the true the no, act of and, true and love was... is not romantic. No. That was the parody point I was making. Yeah, you're you're right. They they check too many boxes. Yeah. Why so having, throw away the kiss? Having the naive young princess kiss the villain is one step too many. It's fine when it's Jasmine because she's a slut, but not <laughs> when it's Anna because she's naive. And also she does okay. Disney. However, with there is here's the other thing too is before she does kiss Aladdin before she kisses Jafar too. True, she does have her true love's kiss there, before. There is a like a uh, passionate kiss that does happen before that. Then, so when she does kiss Jafar, it's a it's a shocking. It's not her first kiss. Yes, yes. exactly. This uh, Anna is clearly naive. She's never been in love before. She's based never been like met a guy or whatever. This would have been her first kiss. And let's and let's not make it. Conf- we already have a, a bunch of young kids, twelve years old, watching this. Disney suits are probably thinking, please let's not make this even more complex and confusing for them. It, yes. We already are doing so much that outside of our comfort zone. Please let's not do any more. Um, but I do want to bring up, I had a very interesting conversation with someone a while back um, who was also a Frozen cosplayer. And we were talking about how, well, she was talking about how she usually um, outer lines her lips when mm-hmm. she does her Disney princesses to make her lips look really full. And she was like, it's so weird for me doing Anna and Elsa because their lips are so thin. Like I, I actually line inside of my lips to make my lips a little smaller. And I'm just like, so not used to that. I feel like I like look weird, weird. Like I wonder why they made that decision. And I was like, well, it's probably because the movie's not about a kiss. Yeah. yeah. Every other Disney princess <laughs> yeah, focuses around a kiss. So there's a lot of attention placed in mm-hmm. the mouthful region of their <laughs> face because the whole movie is leading up to that kiss yep. at the mm-hmm. end. Yep. But Anna and Elsa aren't working towards that moment. So there's less focus put on that area of their face. And that I just thought that interesting. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. Conversation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the king and queen. The king and queen. We already talked about them a bit, and I think you touched on the thing about the fact that those manacles and that cell already exist with and the non living. Yeah. Well, yes. the fact that this that they went so far as like you 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 brought this up too. Um, those two children, even when the parents are around, 
were basically neglected in well, different ways. Well, or Anna. Anna was completely neglected by her parents. Like, the parents were so focused on containing the weapon that they thought Elsa was that they basically kind of forgot their child, their other young child, who is kind of just filling her time doing, like, like talking to paintings and running around and doing whatever, and she's bored, and that's why she keeps trying to ask Elsa, do you want to build a snowman? Why are the parents not, like, paying, giving her any attention? Like, she's being neglected, basically. And that's why, another reason that contributes to her naivety, too. So as the neglected child, mm-hmm. it's very realistic. Yes, absolutely. Like, it's it's absolutely. 100%, like, and anyone can sit and they can watch this movie and be like, but why don't the parents, but, because it's not what parents do. No. That's not the way that that brain works. The parents no. heard, your daughter is dangerous, and they went, shit, we have to do everything in our power to fix this problem so that we can protect our family. Mm-hmm. And they're not thinking about that effect on their other daughter or even on their kingdom. They've locked themselves away from their entire kingdom. Yep. They fired half of their staff mi- at minimum mm-hmm. because they were so scared. And that's a very natural human reaction. Like, we can sit here as audience members and critique it all we want, but that's absolutely how two parents would react. Exactly. And that being said, um, it doesn't... Rich ones. Rich ones. Yes. They are are nobility. No no cheekiness. Like, they have the luxury of turning the other way and real and you know their kids not going to starve. Yeah. And you know you, you know. can and and you know you can cite fear and you can cite uh you know concern you can cite whatever you want but it doesn't change the fact that they still did what they did yes. to their kids which makes them bad parents. Yeah. And They're you, bad parents. And you really get to see what effect that had on the girls mm-hmm. as the movie progresses once like once their parents die cuz their parents die when they're very young and and I like that you get or they Even get... if just for a moment you get that little bit of of Anna and Elsa kind of struggling with how to confront the world now that their parents aren't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, Anna at the coronation is like, I, I haven't even seen my sister in years. Yeah. Like, D- Elsa presumably never left her room. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, her par- their parents died and Elsa was like, I... I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything because I don't have that protection anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's why she still, she gets ready for the coronation in a room completely by herself. She's still wearing gloves. She's still saying secluded from the party at the coronation mm-hmm. because she doesn't know what to do without her parents there to tell her what yeah, to do. Yeah, who are always mm-hmm. telling her what to do. Exactly. Yeah, which Where- is all the more what I was trying to... <laughs> Yeah, to, Sorry. Your, to your point. To your yeah. point from it, earlier. Sorry, I, I, I had, like, two diverging things to say there. But, but yeah, I'll, I'll wrap it up. It, it is. It's the world made her that way. Mm-hmm. And and not to bring up the allegory of the cave, because that's, like, <laughs> the dumbest story I've ever... What if you didn't know shit and, you, and nothing happened? <laughs> wow, how profound. But, um, yeah, she... she all... All, and I don't want to make a, a whole thing about like parents and it's their duty to bring up the youth. I mean, that's the whole thing. But like, all this person had was 
who she could trust. Call it being a victim of bad parents. Call it being a victim of being a royalty, a seclusion. She was a victim of the circumstances she was in that led her on a personal journey of just, well, isolation is the best thing to do, which affected Anna and started her on a path yeah. of being like, well, I'm only of, I only know what I know. And I'm, I'm stuck this way, so I guess it's okay to love this guy, right? I mean, what, it, 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 it it's a decision I'm making for myself, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that was a direct result of the occurrences of the trolls at the beginning and all of the event. This wasn't just, oh, Disney made an Anna character and, oh, haha, she likes this boy. Like, no, that was, that was all rooted in the path that they were on early on because, and, I, and I'll repeat myself a million times, you know, it's 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 the world, and, and by the uh-huh. world I mean obviously, you know, the people who are close yeah, to you. Yeah, the people around yeah. them. Yeah. The people the people around them, people immediately around them who, yeah. who shaped them. Yeah. And the that world is- who tells those people yes. how to act to tell the younger yeah. people. But Coronation to- Day is absolutely where you see that divergence that you mentioned earlier. Yes. Well, where Elsa is is secluding herself and following the rules that her parents set for her. Where, like, she's she's supposed... Even just becoming queen. Even going through with the coronation. That's something she was told from day one. This is what you're going to do. Someday you're going to turn 18 and you're going to become queen. Uh, 21. 21, thank you. So, she turns 21. She's like, I guess I'm going to be queen today. She has no autonomy in that. No. Because she's only ever known people setting rules for her. Where Anna goes the exact opposite direction. Well, where she's like, I finally have the freedom to do what I want, to go meet people. The well, here, here's the thing. She's exactly. also been neglected. And when you're in, so she she doesn't have her parents telling her what to do. That's why she yeah. does, she's, tries to fill her time. So in her mind, there's no immediate danger. It's, there's no, it's like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to figure it out on my own, basically. Yes. So. Which does make her a good plucky protagonist later when she's just like, I'm just going to go and get Elsa. Yeah. Yes. Because. She, at, she's trying to, she's trying to set rules for herself that were yes. never set. Yeah. Based entirely on assumptions. She's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm 18 now and my sister's becoming queen. So I guess the next thing for me to do is get married. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, I guess I'll go find a husband, because that's what you do, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I read in books. That's what I've had my family exactly. tell me. Exactly. She's just, she just makes assumptions, and she's like, okie dokie, here we go. <laughs> and it is, it's, it's very interesting that you get to see those, those diverging paths. It's also a desperation for love, too. Yes. Like, it, yeah, she's trying to fill a void. Yes. Validation. Yeah. She wants. She wants it. She needs it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, but uh, actually, so one of the interesting things, um, and um, I remember reading this. I don't know if it was an article or something, but when Anna and Elsa are talking to each other um, at the coronation, someone said this is kind of like a a couple who have just not to make it creepy, but it's like a couple who have just met and they're kind of like um, starting to bo- show a bond. Yes. But, and, and, and that's the thing, it's like, the idea is, they're clearly, like, these are the two pri- protagonists who are falling in love with each other, but, like, as, like, sisterly falling yes. in love with each other. Yeah, no, I, I understand exactly what you're saying, and I, I totally agree, and that, two of my favorite scenes in the movie are, are that and the 
reprise. Yes. Okay. Oh, uh, um, the reprise is my favorite. Scene I know. We, I know. We weren't gonna like find. So, yeah. 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 The the reason that I love that scene between them in the coronation is is that realism of these two people who have a very strong bond and don't really remember how to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. And you see them just start to kind of pick and choose little things that they can connect on. Yeah. And you see these little these little hints of them, like they bond over the chocolate, they bond over their dresses, they yeah. bond over the silliness of the dancing, and they're starting to relax mm-hmm. a little bit. And then that that trigger happens. Right. Of Anna just not understanding why they can't open the doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it shuts Elsa down completely. Yeah. And that's not Elsa's fault. No. Is, is my, has yeah. been my point yeah. the whole time. Yeah. yeah. It's, oh, exactly. It's it's like a trickle-down effect. Yes, that's the rule yeah. that her parents set. The doors yeah. stay closed. Period. If the yeah. doors open, you're invited in danger. danger. Yes, yeah. exactly. And the danger is you, basically. Exactly. exactly. And yeah, that... and what do you do? You're Elsa. What do you... What do you do? I I love that coronation, the ballroom scene, because it's not happiness. No. It's fear and anxiety the whole time. Like, oh, I love chocolate. No, no, this is the high school dance, and you've just seen a girl for the first time. You're, you know, you're a boy (laughs) in this scenario. It's, it's that kind of energy. This isn't a happy thing. As much as they want it, their whole life is, I wish this could be happier circumstances. Yeah. I, I don't know. I hope I don't kill you. Like. Yeah. But I, I, I believe that that scene is sort of the, like, defining moment and kind of the, the trigger moment. Yeah. Where it reminds Elsa of why she has to be the way that she is. And it completely shuts her down. And, well, can and I, it wait, opens wait. up Anna to that desperation of then going out and bumping into Hans again and moving. Can I just forward. say uh, for course. the millionth time you you said, well that that's why Anna. Can you repeat that? That's why that's why Elsa is the way she is. And you you said that right? I didn't interrupt you fast enough. But the, <laughs> but the point I was saying is yeah. you're just like oh, and that's how Anna realizes that's why Elsa is the way she is. Mm-hmm. And and I I wanted to. To, to speak up right then because you're like, yes, that is a way Elsa is. That, that is one of, that, yeah. that's the way she ended yeah. up. Not, yeah. oh, the, you know, oh, we're stuck with her. It's just, I, I just think it's so tragic. Yeah. She yeah. is a victim She's of circumstances. Car- yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's so satisfying when there is the character growth that does happen. Yeah. yeah. Now that, that being said, yes. I, I, I wanna... will say with, uh, Anna and Hans. Yeah. Um, which also makes it so heartbreaking later on when Hans basically says, this is, you hope, I wish you find someone that, uh, that actually loves you or it's too bad, you know, whatever. That whole scene. If only scene. there was someone who loved you. Yeah, that whole scene. Um, because the Love is an Open Door song, um, I've had dates like these. These are, great date like these are really great dates like first dates where it's like you bond with someone and you connect with them and you click with them and it feels great and you just are like wow i really like this and i've had those before hi (laughs) (laughs) and not just not just you outside of you as well and impossible no i'm I'm kidding i'm kidding um but then later on you you can realize it's like well no it's it's just the high of the first date but yes uh, but it's just like, oh, my heart just breaks because it's like, mm, she's just really wrapped up in this great date. And that's what she's on. She's on a great 
yes. bonding date right now. But it is, see, and, and this is where I maintain that, that that moment that happens between Anna and Elsa right before she bumps into Han for the second time is yes. sort of the turning point yes. of triggering the events that happen through the rest yes. of the uh-huh. movie. Because what Anna really wanted was that connection with Elsa. Yes. Because mm-hmm. before Love is an Open Door starts, you you see these little snippets of conversations of them just connecting. Yep. They're just talking. They're just being friendly. It's yes. like a montage. And talking about nothing. They're talking about literally nothing. Yeah. And that's all she's ever wanted with Elsa. And Elsa just shut it down. Literally mm-hmm. moments before, Elsa was like, we cannot have that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Anna turns around, and here it is. Yep. Here's a door opening of someone going, I'll give you that. Yeah. And, and she's so starved for attention that she just latches onto it. Mm-hmm. And then when Elsa says, I don't give you my blessing, it's like, it's another yeah. shutdown for Exactly. Anna. Exactly. It's shutting that door all over yeah. again. Um, it, re- it really is heartbreaking. It and is. It, and it's, it's so awful to see for both of them. And then you get this great release in Let It Go right after that. I will say, I think Let It Go, I feel like there's a scene missing. I feel like there should be a scene of Elsa, like, maybe getting out of a scrape in her power saver, and then she there's a moment where she finds good in her powers for a moment. Like, some sort of scene. It doesn't have to be, like, a long thing. Because it feels very quick from, oh my god, I've just been revealed... I have to run. People want to kill me. To you know what? It's all good. Well, like, whoa! That- it is a very quick, and I feel like a scene between that would have strengthened it. Of course, it, apparently it wasn't needed because it's the that most scene can't song. happen because Elsa's wrong. Her singing "Let It Go" is like B minus. She's almost. <laughs> no, she, she, I, this is what I was thinking about preparing for. She she almost has it. Yes. She. Yes. And, and that was the path that she was on. Let it go is great. The themes are great. Believe in yourself and all that. But Elsa in that moment, she couldn't have that moment of like, wow, my powers are good because she's, she's because still, she still wrong. She still doesn't believe it. Well, yeah. 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 She still doesn't believe it. And, and she's singing I this do... song about, yes, I can be who I want to be as long as nobody sees me. Yeah. And that's wrong. Because but, that but, wasn't what the, Trolls were saying but the, prob- the beginning. but the problem with that is, okay, so you are correct. Let it go is, now, There, that's another way to see it too, is that she's, it's, she's now just escaped something and then is now on the high of, I'm free now, and is just going off of that. But it's, so it's like, confidence, but it's mistake, it's mistaken confidence, or I don't know, like, um, it's false confidence. But the problem is Let It Go has become such a cultural phenomenon to people like, yeah, this is my coming out song. This is my, like, power song. And because it's so ingrained as that power song, people see it as a power song rather than a, oh, she's, it's a misplaced confidence song. Yeah. And that's a tr- In the context. In, in context. The, in the so, and yeah. I, I think I, I get what you're talking about, about a missing scene, because there should almost be something where, like, like you, we were talking about this too, like, it felt like it. It felt like not total whiplash, but like it went from no, it's not that total. to that yeah. almost no, too I... quickly. And I almost feel like there's a missing scene because there's that part where before they reach North Mountain, they go to that area that's full of just ice spikes. Yeah, and it makes me think that there was a moment where she was just freaking the hell out 
yes. up on that mountain just flinging ice everywhere and just trying to be like, go away, yeah. go away, yes. go away. I want these powers gone. I want them gone. I'm gone. That's almost like the impression yeah. I get from these, oh, look, I've been impaled. Yeah. You know, there's that yeah. all. You're seeing the aftermath of something we never got to see. I absolutely agree that just there is... venting. There's something missing, whether it's whether it's a, a breakdown of fear or 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 pain or or regret or what whatever that sort of emotional breakdown is mm-hmm. i think that there is there is a segue that's sort of missing between her running across the fjord mm-hmm. yeah. and her being at the top of the north mountain yeah. yes i, I absolutely yeah um, I don't know what that moment is. Yeah, yeah. maybe I know it was we made and we just never got to see it. Um, I just never thought about how, like... Oh, I think it... And most people do. That's the thing. It's, yeah, just clearly, something, it's, it's something that niggles at the back of my brain, though. Because mm-hmm. I feel like... I almost feel like it's even just an extra minute before yeah, she starts singing. Yeah, just even it's, having that like, moment Like, I don't even necessarily her, feel like, like it's a whole scene. It's just a it's just a moment well, like, of her just being alone and taking in the mountains yes, and absorbing yes. the fact that she's truly alone. You and, know, like, you yeah. kind of get it in the first lines of the song, Yeah, but I, I don't think no, it's enough. You know why I really like that? Is because... And the reason I just said 30 seconds ago, I think it's fine the way it is, is because I... Uh, uh, again, resonate fully with the idea that, oh, I made this decision and now I'm stuck with it and now it's the best decision ever. And then 15 years later, you're like, (laughs) you know, the whole thing. But that extra minute you just talked about would be more of Elsa justifying and lying to herself to basically bolster and say, Oh yeah, this, this was totally the yeah. right thing. I'm so smart. Yeah, Should have cool. done this years ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm a genius. And, yeah. and yeah. if I just stay here, I can't hurt yeah. anybody if I'm and, here. And then, and that's literally all. Let it go is. Yeah. yeah. And then that and let it go is now seen as you know what this is now me being able to do what I want. It, again, misplaced confidence, not the powerhouse like like yeah coming out that everybody seems to. Think yeah. it is now. Yeah, I mean, it's even, still a powerful song. Even that but, line at the absolute just, end, "The cold never bothered me anyway." Yeah, has a lot of. It's sub- still shitty. It has a lot of <laughs> subtext in it of like being alone. Like I never, yeah. I never had a problem being alone. I've always been alone, yeah. and I and that I've I've yeah. had that moment. You've had that moment. You've mm-hmm. had that. All of us yes. have had that moment. Where we're like, I've always been alone. I'm fine with being alone. And then you're yeah. sitting there like, I fucking hate being alone. Yeah. Yeah. I wish go. someone cared about me. I wish someone would come knock on my door right now and ask me if I was okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you can't admit that. No. You have to keep building no. up that confidence of like, no, you I'm say, fine alone. You say I don't my, need anybody. It's a sunk cost fallacy of why, well, yeah, I'm, I made this decision. So what am I going to, what am I going to also acknowledge that that decision was wrong? And also I'm an idiot for making it (laughs) double whammy. No, no, no. This was the best thing I ever could have done. Exactly. And it's Uh, entirely, it's not, it's not a decision that she makes in her own confidence or her own autonomy. It's a decision that she makes to protect Yeah. Honor. Why wouldn't that be the best decision ever? I'm helping people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Except she's like, I'm saving everybody by just by just being here yeah. by myself. Yeah. And, and you the same thing happens when Anna then shows up later and she's like, Anna, you should just leave. 
And you can see the pain in her face. You can hear it in her voice. She doesn't want her to go. She doesn't want to be alone. It's, but no, but, but, but in her mind, it's safer it's, for yeah, Anna. It's better for, it's safer yeah. for Anna. It's safer for everyone if she just does her own thing on this mountain where exactly. no one's going to bother her. Just be alone forever. Yeah. Yep. And then everyone else can be and happy. And flip the script for a second, too. That was, I, I, I may, I took note of it this time around. The, the like, the good, Five seconds or so that they gave Anna in the ballroom. It's like Elsa, what the fuck? I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> and leave. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to to make you laugh, but like, no, you're Elsa. You're right. That was her yeah. whole life going. Well, then, then leave. And then she. So that that right there, that whole decision, that whole. Four seconds she had to do. That's the ice castle. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's her. Well, I can't get. I'll, I'll, I'll do the opposite then. Yeah. That's so heavy. I, I it's an entire mountain's of, worth of heavy. There's a she, lot of, of back weight in that line, too. Mm-hmm. Where Elsa's, Elsa's literally going, Anna, you can leave. Yeah. yeah. Go do what you that's want. I don't get to do what I want. She, I have to be that. queen. I have to hide who I am. Yep. I have to pretend to be someone I'm not. You can just go. And I know we'll delve into the represent in a bit, but there's that one line, you know, go back home, your life awaits. You yes. can do what you want. You can choose that. Yeah. The exactly. The, exactly. Can we talk about the reprise? Can I, can I just make one yeah. small point real quick? Sure. Anyway, I'm just going to make that one more argument that I feel like it would have been nice to have that scene in between and the, what we clearly see the or moments or whatever. Later, yes. Even though they don't yeah. touch on it much. Because there's another moment there, you know, right after everything breaks down, where you, they just go ahead and cut to her for a second in her ice castle running around going, don't feel, don't feel, don't feel. Mm-hmm. And you see the ice forming around her. Like, yeah. I kind of wanted to see another moment like that because yeah. that was a nice moment. We needed, we, we did need to see her kind of feeling like she's losing control a little yeah. bit. Because I would have liked to see that before where she goes from panic and fear to whatever in that moment that created that that mm-hmm. ice spike landscape to her being on the mountain singing the 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 false confidence power ballad yeah let's also no. not disregard the fact that let it go literally starts with her making olaf yeah that's, that's, true. The that's first true thing she the does first thing she does is make the literal physical connection to her sister yep mm-hmm. That is the, ah. the strongest tie that she has to her sister, and it is the first thing yes. that she does in her moment where she is, quote-unquote, alone the first time. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think it's fucking beautiful and incredibly powerful. And keep in mind, too, uh, in, in another moment, as we, you know, because we're, we're really glossing over a lot of the stuff that happens in the bit with Anna and Kristoff and their journey to the mountain, which is important in its own right. Yeah. But there, we're yes. more, and for this discussion right now, we're more interested in the sisters, but, um, and their relationship. But, um... The first time, you know, I'm keeping the tab, who's opening doors in this. This is the first time Elsa has opened the door for Anna is mm-hmm. when she knocks yes. yeah. at the ice palace mm-hmm. and that door opens. And we haven't seen that happen anywhere else in the movie up until this point yeah. between them. So that's already a big, a big move in itself. And now I think the reprise, the reprise yeah. because that's important. Which I, is hands down like the best and most powerful scene I, in the whole entire I, movie. See, I go silent during that point. Um, and it also... It still hit me like it did in the theaters because I the scene where um, Anna reveals like no Arendelle's in snow and it's an eternal winter and then yeah. Elsa realizing it's all my fault and a snowstorm starts and yes. Anna's trying to reach out Elsa just can't and I'm like oh my gosh this is like basically the most visual interpretation I've ever seen of a depression spiral ever because yes. I've been in those moments. 
And it feels like that, like that, like a snowstorm is going around me. And even when people are trying to call out and say, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You can't hear it. You can't see them. Like you feel completely alone. Elsa is entirely alienating Anna when she's in the same room as her. Mm -hmm. She is literally putting a wall between them because all she can hear and feel and think and see is her own depression and anxiety and regret. Yeah, and it's and it's made even worse by it, it, those are all excellent points. Um, but this remember now, uh, this was the best decision she's ever made yes. in her entire life. Yes. Oh, actually, no, idiot, you f***ed it up even worse. So, yes. so, so not only was she wrong, but like the now most you- confident thing she's ever done. Ever. It's all crashing down. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and her poor sister is the one that had to remind her of it. Just, it's, again, yes, the, the reprise, I think, if I'm, if I'm being honest, is another. And musically, it's, it is beautiful. Like, their singing voices intertwining, it just, it works with, like, the spinning, like, snow cyclone. Yeah. No, it's, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. And then she's looking at herself in a mirror and, like, seeing, like, uh, mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a blurred vision of herself, so she can't really see herself. It's like, oh, this is so visually beautiful and well-telling and such a powerful, like, yeah, wow. I love that even even in the singing, mm-hmm. Elsa's voice starts to overpower Anna's. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. as the song progresses, you hear Anna less and less as Elsa's voice gets louder and stronger, and she she is just in sheer panic. Yes. And just entirely drowning out Anna. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. what do you even do now? You can't even yes. trust yourself now. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> the one time, the one time you decided to trust yourself was also wrong. <laughs> By the way, I read uh, I read a Cracked article, and I hate this so much since we're going with the fact that, no, I have to bring this yeah, up. Yeah, I know. I, it pains me so much when I, I read know. this. So, with the idea of, like, Elsa having depression and all that, Someone in this character it wrote, so the gloves that she wears represents her um her dependence on antidepressants. I'm like, what in the world are you what? No! People like to write a lot of really <laughs> unnecessary subtext yeah. into both this and the sequel and all of the music tied to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really kinda over it. Yeah. <laughs> because there's already there's already so much yes. that's already there. Like even look, I'm I'm LGBT. Yeah, same. Right? Like, whatever. Yeah. But like the level to which the LGBT community just like claimed Elsa and was like, this is clearly a movie about Elsa becoming a lesbian. I'm like, it's not, it's, it's about so much more than that. That's literally right there on the surface level. Like, why do you need to add this extra layer to it when it's already a movie about depression and anxiety and, and interpersonal connections and love that isn't romantic? Like, why do you need to add a level of romantic love to it that's not f***ing there. I think one of the things I have um, noticed, like, in terms of, like, que- like queer coding and films, and my study of this, um, queer kids tend to latch on to characters who are ostracized. Yes. And this is why you'll notice a lot of queer kids really enjoy, well, some, uh, there's actually a few that enjoy horror films because they will relate to the monster who is ostracized mm-hmm. and all that. And it, I, Elsa f- 
fits that bill. And then it just so happens that she has a song that's basically a coming out song or it sounds like that resonates with it. It's, it's the same with, um, so one of the interesting things that when Dave and I were uh, talking with guests, um, quite a few of our trans friends, when we were talking about this, they're like, can I do Mulan? Because they related to her. Cause this is someone who, especially with the song reflection, it's not supposed to represent like the trans experience, but they got something out of that because it's like, when will my yeah. reflection show who I am? to like, so, um, there is that sort of starving for, and I do, but I do understand that connection yeah, and level. I, and I, I absolutely get I, being like, I connect to this character because of this. I, but I think th- there's a difference between like connecting and then like feeling for a character. It's another thing about saying this like, specific character is yeah. gay. Yeah. Like people are like mad that Elsa's not so, openly gay. And I'm like, she, we don't know that she is. And do we really need and, to? Like, yeah, do does we, it matter? Exactly. No. I'm a firm, I stand hard behind Elsa is ace. That's my favorite. That'd be great. Stance. That would, I would be good with that. I yeah. love, I love Elsa being a strong, independent woman who doesn't need a relationship to define her. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's my thing. Let Anna be the one that needs love. Elsa needs to love herself. Yeah. She doesn't need a romantic partner because she needs to find a way to love herself. Mm-hmm. Let that be the story. Because, we, because so yeah. many people can relate to that. Whether you're LGBT or straight or, or trans also, or ace or whatever you are, mm-hmm. everyone can relate to needing to love themselves. Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's there's such a big difference between, oh, I am the way I am, and I see a theme here that I can, whether it is that or not, I can pull something from it, but the, versus, no, this is this. Yeah. yeah. Which is just I, I, not right 99% of the time. I, I've, yeah. heard, I've heard queer kids like say, like, oh, I, I feel for Frankenstein, because he is ostracized in the movie, especially in Bride of Frankenstein and all that, but... They don't say Frankenstein is gay. Yeah. Yeah. They but you can pull it. You can, you can put yourself in a that situation should, and go, yeah, yeah this is similar. But, this is definite. But to say, no, it is definitely this. this you're only like, gonna, that dart's only gonna hit the bullseye so many times. <laughs> Cause the director or the writer, or whoever has, it is the way it is. Yeah. It's, it's that way. Mm-hmm. One and done. This is why fan fiction exists, because then you, <laughs> can make, you can make Frankenstein gay. Exactly. And that's why Kingdom Hearts exists. <laughs> like, the, the queerness is so there. It's, it's, like, it's not, it's like, it's here, it is here, because, like, asexual is a form of the LGBT, and it always will be in my brain, so there is a good chance, yeah, Elsa is LGBT, and I like the idea of her being ace. But... But why do we have to force her to be a lesbian? We don't. It's, yeah. it's yeah. Why do we have to force it, her to be anything other than herself? Too. Exactly. That's the other thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's not necessary. And that's, and that's and, the thing that really drives me crazy. And, and since this movie is all about her, I mean, it's all about not only the, you know, the rekindling of a relationship between these two, these two siblings, but also about self-discovery and about the world and how <laughs> we, there's so much, it's, it's her there's so much, we there's, don't, we shouldn't have to worry about stacking that. On top of the rest of it, either when there's already we have been here well, for hours now. Yeah, and point, every human unpacking this. Every human is you know alive and dealing with life and the world, right? Yep. 
that's true for everyone. The 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 ace struggle or the the sexual struggle or the, the that's not the same for everyone. Not unimportant. No. But there's already this super relatable human thing going on. Do, do I that we don't need to ascribe an extra like be, because sorry to, to I'm doing I will what I'm say, doing. Do, do I think there should be queer representation absolutely. in absolutely? It doesn't need to be here. I mean, no, I mean, no I mean, there should I mean, be. It, it, if, it can, yeah, I, I I'm gonna put my foot in my mouth, but so I'll I'll mm-hmm. tread. I'll I'll try and speak clearly. Yes, there there absolutely should be, but but those are. That representation is a specific thing. It's we we yeah. agree that's not a universal struggle, right, between all people. Yeah. But perhaps wondering if you like yourself is like <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, oh, yeah. can I? Will I grow up and be able to live like that? That's that's a. I'm I'm just talking about the u- universal versus specific. Is yeah, all yeah, I'm yeah. trying because yeah, yeah maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not a hundred percent. This is universal I mean, it's just like yeah, it's like what kind of story are they are, do are, is is being told here? As I guess the main yeah, thing. And, it's, yeah. and I think and then we, people I, want the story. No, the story is this. I I'm making it a specific it, thing without yeah. necessarily talking about Frozen Two or, or any plot points or whatever. Because yeah. I know that's down the line. But I I believe and I would argue that Frozen is a story about the two sisters kind of finding yes. their place in the world, kind of reconnecting with the world and with each other. I think Frozen 2 is the movie about Elsa finding herself. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's the movie where she really learns to love and accept herself. I think Let It Go is a start to that, but I think Frozen 2 is solidly where that actually happens. I look forward I'm, to watching that one now. Yeah. I, I'm, it's I'll, very powerful. powerful. That, yeah, relationships or like having uh, our romantic romance isn't the main part of this, and that's the heart exactly. of it. Even the even like when it turns out, oh, Anna and Kristoff have a, become like start dating. That's a side thing. That's just something yes. that kind of happens. Exactly, and it's like they're not they don't they don't get married. They don't we they don't even fall in love. They, they just, don't even necessarily acknowledge that they're in a relationship. They just mm-hmm. kiss at, that at point. the end. They just kiss, and it's just, a, and it's an incredibly like sweet kind of consensual moment too, yes. where he's always like what is that okay I mean I don't and then she's like of course and then she like she yes. instigates it and says it's okay and then they kiss and it's like a really healthy beginning of something yes rather than the yes. end of something the culmination of something we're seeing two characters and I knew we were going to talk about this even albeit briefly but we're seeing two characters have a pretty organic bond start yes. to form as they journey together I, through the story, and, and, the, and it, it makes much, much more, more realistic and relatable relationship yeah. than the like perfect romance that every other Disney movie represents. Yeah. Well, and then not only that, uh, they do actually have good chemistry. Like, let's, yes. and I'm not just saying it as like a couple, but like as two characters that have to be together. Yes, they have good chemistry. Everywhere um, from like the way that they speak to each other to the the snark that. Can we, around to... can we circle back to the trolls for justice? <laughs> yeah, first. And second. the fact that the song starts out with them singing about like Kristoff's not perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. but well, you see, can that's still another... love him. Love rounds people out, mm-hmm. and I'm like, thank you. That's another thing that the trolls don't. They don't have to stress the point. They're like, what? What is the? Why are you thinking about? That's what I say yeah, when everything's like, just obvious to them. Yeah, yeah. They just also who <laughs> you love rounds people out. And who's more round than the trolls? <laughs> <laughs> 
But no, I I, I really love that representation good. of like you don't love people for being perfect. Yeah. I, I will say I do like Kristoff as a character. Uh first off, now have you had had a dog for four years. Cause it didn't uh when I first saw the movie um in theaters, uh I had not had a pet for a very long time, mm-hmm. so the, the him talk, like have, talking, having the reindeer talk to him, I'm like, God, you must be lonely. But now, as a person who's had a dog for like four <laughs> years, I'm like, I do this with my dog. I give I give her a voice all the time, so I'm like, you know what? That's relatable. <laughs> yes. I, I love how I love how in a lot of these Disney movies, especially the newer ones, they'll get an animal that is not a dog and get it to act completely like a dog. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love it so Sven much. Is, Sven is basically a dog. Sven, yeah. Sven is a dog. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but Kristoff, um, I like, I like Kristoff as a character, uh, I, it's not about him, he is definitely a side, like, um, like, yes, he's uh, a supporting character, he's a, yes, what is it, Deuteronomy, uh, oh, it's like a, not, yeah, side character, let's go side character, I, but it's hard to say side character, it's like a, he's a, he's a, he's a, okay, no, he's a, or, He's a supporting character. Supporting he's character. He's not the protagonist, but he aids the protagonist. Yes. And himself becomes part of the story. Yes. He gets his own little aside, especially when he decides, because Sven gets on, on him and says, you've got to go back because you're doing the wrong thing by just ditching. And he's like, yes. and then he has that argument with, with himself by talking for Sven. Yeah. And then, of course, he does go back because of the freaking cloud of nonsense mm-hmm. that shows up around yes. Arendelle. And that's good. That's when you know, okay, you are starting to get toward important character status mm-hmm. by the screen times yes. definition. And I, I love, uh, I really, really love that moment because that is, that is the moment where he realizes that he loves Anna, but he never yeah. says it. No, he never says no. it. He never, like, n- at no moment in the movie does he just jump in and be like, P.S. I love you! No. no. And that's great. He shows it. Yes. And that's such an important distinction in this, like, new era of modern Disney movies where we're having, like, much more realistic and relatable romances Mm -hmm. where everything isn't perfect. By the way, it finally just clicked. Jonathan Groff, the voice of Kristoff, his, he started off in Spring Awakening. Spring Awakening! There it is! Yeah, I was like, it's gonna... It's going to bother me. And <laughs> it's going to come back to you, yeah, actually. Uh, but, oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm i trying to figure out, because, I mean, what to say more about this film. I think is, we've really covered our bases. I think the only person we haven't talked oh, about is... I need to talk about Wesselton. I need to talk about that Alan... Just a moment, because Alan Tudyk makes a return in the next Disney film, and then become... This is a, him starting to basically be cast in all the Disney films after this, and... I just kind of like Wesselton as this, like, red-herring villain. <laughs> I mean, he still kind of contributes because he sends, like, he has two thugs to kill Elsa. and But at the same time, he's like, I want to be the big villain that he really oh, isn't. Yeah. He, is, he really is a red-herring, though, isn't yeah. he? I didn't really think about it because I was, I was sitting here all day, like, I was going to make some offhanded joke about Wesselton not being necessary oh, at all. True. Which is yeah. true. But he is kind of just, he's there. Absolutely a red He's there to distract you from Hans. I wanted to bring up the point, and it would have been more organic earlier when we were talking about, like, oh, was was Hans altruistic, but then things went wrong and blah, blah, blah. But there's a, someone else pointed this out or whatever. But there's a moment when the guy, he pulls up the, um, the crossbow to shoot Elsa, and Hans. Uh, he's like, oh, he's gonna go heroically save Elsa, right? Yeah. Kind of thing. He looks at the chandelier. 
he doesn't go, oh, shit, a crossbow. Uh, he goes, oh, hmm, uh, mm, uh. He <laughs> decides to shoot the chandelier, hopefully killing Elsa and going, oh, whoops. I'm the hero, but I have... Oh, I tried to save yeah, her. Yeah, but he very clearly glances up there, Jeez. which is not mm, a thing you gotta... I didn't pick up on that quite, but you're, yeah. you're right as I'm thinking so about in, it. Holy shit. And, and who, I mean, you know, maybe they're reading too much into it, but I like to think of it as, no, Hans by then, it's all an act. Giving all cloaks it, and soup and shit yeah. and... Everything is, and he's just like, oh my god, please end this. And, and then he goes, oh, a big ass chandelier. To- <laughs> one of the things that people talked about a lot when the movie was coming out, that's one of the things that we, we have not discussed, is the use of gloves as symbolism. Yes. Um, it does not represent antidepressants, are, for the love of God. <laughs> they are used to represent hiding yourself. Yes. So Elsa is wearing the gloves to hide her powers and to keep herself hidden from the world. And if you pay attention, thinking with that, Hans wears gloves through the entire movie until his speech to Anna. That's the first time in the movie oh, yeah. that he yeah, takes his right. gloves off. Mm. And he's doing that to like pour, like get the water and pour it out. But then yeah. he puts him back on just as he was leaving. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Yeah, and it's this. Cool. It's this oh, really wow. cool, very subtle thing that they use that like you wouldn't necessarily pick up on but once you do you're like it's it's right there ah the layers the delicious layers there's so many layers and like i can't even tell you the number of like disney animators and like disney experts and shit that i've talked to about how much i love this movie and they're always like that was all an accident you know like it doesn't they don't think that deeply about it and i'm like go yourself i'm like i don't i don't care you know Uh, what what whether that was their intention or not to put all of these layers in they ended up there regardless a zeitgeist exists so i think that's how it works here's the thing i think jennifer lee who wrote the screenplay did come up with that may have came up with that because so when when they started directing and they realized oh it's crunch time uh, Chris Buck did the production side because he had already worked in animation. He had already did stuff mm-hmm. uh, for Disney before this. But Jennifer Lee just came in and she has like screenplay and story writing experience from Columbia. And um, w- one of the things I noticed about this film too is the dialogue is really good. This yeah. is a really well-written dialogue. Yes. So I think Jennifer, and I feel like Jennifer Lee had a hand in that and she has her experience from that. So I could totally see... As someone who has a degree, um, I think she has, I think it's a master's, but I don't quote me, but she does have a degree in screenwriting. That is something that you would think as a screenwriter, yeah. like with the gloves and everything. That is some, mm-hmm. and especially since gloves are very, an important part of that um, uh, in the beginning, especially like her holding gloves. And then finally, when she's singing the song, she removes the gloves during her let it go. Yes. Bar. So yes, the gloves become an important part. So it, Using that with Hans, I could see that actually being intentional. Yeah, it's also the inciting incident of the the whole when Anna takes her glove. Yes, yes, (laughs) Anna takes Anna takes her glove. Something something as little as like the snowstorm that Elsa creates during the reprise of um, for the first time in forever. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you could sit there and argue like, well, their intention wasn't to have it be like symbolic, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that may not have been their intention, but it's, but it's there. It's there. Because whether they were thinking like, oh, what if we had Elsa build like a literal, like, like a wall of a, of a storm around her. Like they understood 
how that moment would feel yeah. enough to be able to represent yeah, no, it. Yeah, it comes through. Even call it, you know, intervention or just a subconscious thing. It's it's, it's there. It's there. Yeah. Like, and and that just happens in the creative process. It, you know, someone sings a song differently on that take, and all of a sudden, the song is just. It just means something else in a way that people can't describe because yeah. it just it, it, it just things are there. Method actors who who, you know, remember a lost loved one or something like there's there's more to it than just I wrote these lines and the imagery. It 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 comes through there. There's two people draw the exact same drawing and one's better than the other because it's. Yeah. It's it's intangible. It it's I don't know. You can't yeah, and you, you can't even, describe it. Like so one of one of the things that people like to bring up is um that Let It Go was not intended to be like the the like title song of yeah. the movie. Right? I I believe it was for the first time forever. And that's why that's the one that has a reprise. Because that yeah. that was indeed sort of the thematic song of the movie. Mm. Um and then they started doing screenings. And people just connected with Let It Go in a way that they didn't expect that that ended up being like the credit song and the song used to adverse the movie and whatever. So it like, that's, it's just another representation of like, their intention was not for Let It Go to what it was, but there is so much power and weight and relatability written into that song and that Idina put into her performance of that song that people can't help but connect with it. Mm-hmm. Whether it was intended to be the powerhouse moment that it is or not, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just is. It just like, is. Exactly. <laughs> and also, as, as I mentioned earlier, like, the songwriting was part of the writing process for the story. So the songs... Yes. And I, this is actually quoted that it, it is ingrained into the DNA of the story. So... It could be also the songwriter's intention that did maybe the writers didn't think of. Yeah. It, well, and I I know from a couple of interviews that I saw, um, they they talked about how you know Let It Go was supposed to just kind of be a moment, and then yeah. when they screened it, that song really ended up defining the way that the story finally ended up being mm-hmm. put together. Because I believe Elsa was still supposed to be the villain. Yes. Up until that point, when Let It Go got written and recorded for the first time and they were like there's something here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that twisted the whole movie from that mm. point forward and like i still would be very interested to see the original intention of elsa be the villain however else even if a sympathetic if you, one if villain. you look at any of the art books um they talk a lot about like what the theory was supposed to be mm-hmm. or whatever um but i i i definitely think there was a moment and i think that moment was very much it go where the story just fell in place and it, it all just kind of worked. And see, that's another example of what we were talking about. It, if yeah. the creative process, sometimes it, it, it'll happen to you rather than you happening yes, to it. And you exactly. have to, yeah, not, that's a not great to, way to put that. not to totally derail all of this for like half a second, but it was interesting, uh, reading interviews with the creators of Hollow Knight and why they take so damn long to do everything because they insist on creating the world and they'll make a level and they'll just go into it. They, their, their whole deal is we want to let the world make itself. We don't really know what the story's going to be, yeah. mm. which, which is sort of a, a, a tacit 
thing that a lot of writers and creators do, but it was just kind of cool as an example to to bring it back to. It's Frozen. a great idea. That's a good example. But too. but they were blatantly upfront about how like hands off they were in their mm. own project. Yeah. That's something that Cat talks a and, lot and, about and as a happens. as an author, mm-hmm. where she's like Mike and and. Tamara Pierce, when I met her, was like, my characters talk to me. Like, they yeah. tell me what they want to do and where they want to go and the, the story that they need to tell, and I just write it down. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that happens. And, and, I, think and then, that, I think that that's very much discounted yeah. in, from critics a lot. Yeah, and then you get stuff like, oh, maybe that wasn't intended to be a wall of snow, but mm, it probably was. Yeah. It probably just happened They just didn't that know way. that... That's yeah. what they were doing. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what else to say. We, we, I mean, were, we basically delved into all like the different themes and ideas and that this movie offers. And it, it is a deep film. And I can understand why it did as well as it did. Um, mm-hmm. uh, of course, there's always going to be flaws that like every single movie does. But in terms of movies that... Uh, that are good and do successful or like really, really successful like this one, this actually feels deservedly so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, very different than the movie and it's mm-hmm. very relatable in a lot of different ways to a lot of different people. I mean, mm-hmm. even just all four of us telling our different stories of, of how we connected with this movie, they're all so completely different because everybody can find something mm-hmm. that they relate to in this story or in the characters or in the songs like there's a moment where everyone goes i get that yeah and i i think that that's that's very beautiful and i think that that's why this movie is as popular as it is and why it's going to continue so for generations Mm -hmm. afterwards and I'm so excited to talk about Frozen 2 now that I know you guys haven't seen it. I can't wait no, for you to watch I, it I, I, because deliberately if you think this it. movie is good, holy sh**, Frozen 2 is incredible. I've deliberately yeah. avoided watching it because I knew we were going to watch it. Yeah, same. There's I've a few movies like that. Once in theaters. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, so luckily, we don't have to wait as long as we did between Little Mermaid and Frozen. <laughs> this, <laughs> we'll see you next pandemic. Actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, actually we'll be discussing Frozen 2 in March. This hey. Yeah. Wow. Out. Yeah. That's a quick turnaround. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, I think. Yeah. I think this is a good place to end it. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this. Like I'm your so input is wow. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I, it, not to make this about you know some some guy. <laughs> I, I, I know hey. these subjects come up a lot. I mean, I'm here too. So it's yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like a. I don't. I don't want to turn that into a thing, but. It, this is a subject that, you know, the, the, whoever I talk to, it's either a movie for kids, it's a movie for girls, or it's a movie I'm f***ing sick of, because it's just Disney's animated this or that. And, you know, Angie told me about the the movie, and I was like, you know, oh, cool, yes, Disney's next movie. I am excited for Wreck-It Ralph, and I am excited for Princess and the Frog, and Enchanted seems cool, and, you know, it, it just, as you get older, or even when you're younger, too, like, my, my parents took me to Beauty and the Beast, and, like, that was just, that's kind of what you do, right? You yeah, see yeah. the next movie. Yeah. And, and, and then, and that's different now with, with streaming and like, I don't really see the next movie anymore because it's not the theater experience that it is and blah, blah. But anyway, Frozen came along at a time where, you know, I'm in the lull of it and I enjoyed Tangled, but you know, and and then, and then Frozen happened and I'm like, wow, I didn't expect to really 
I, I don't know what happened. I just kind of connected with this movie. So when I have, to, when I'm forced to talk about it, which isn't often because no one asks, you know, the bearded guy what he thinks of Frozen and everything. <laughs> I, but yeah, I, I guess again, all that to say, thank you for letting me. Because I, I love, I, I, I love talking about that aspect of me, where you know, I, I, I didn't have a lot going on growing up. I did feel like I wish I could have been more. I wish. This dis- I, I, it must be a decision I made. I must have put myself here. I, you know, so, but yeah, that's just my long-winded, you know. I, I will absolutely talk about this, this stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. You're happy that we got to, it was us to, to talk about it. <laughs> well, you know, I'm really anytime. glad you got to talk about it too, because it is, it's normally us hanging out together and people are always like, Angie, tell me your feelings about yeah, and it. Yeah. Like, you walk in my apartment, and obviously I'm obsessed with Frozen. You look at my body, and obviously well, I'm obsessed with <laughs> I have a giant knew, snowflake on my back. Like, yeah, it, we knew immediately, it's my shit. We knew immediately when we were created this podcast, we were like, well, we got to have Angie for <laughs> Frozen. If we don't, that's... But... Sacrilege. We, we wanted to Sean on, too, because usually, like, I mean, for a little worry, you brought a lot of great perspective, and... I was curious to see what your perspective would be for Frozen as someone who is not technically the demographic for this film. Sure. So. No, I, I, I want to, I think more people could relate to this. I, I, I want other people to see it as other than right. the love story, which is just as and important, I, but and I, self-love too. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and I can absolutely say as someone who doesn't have as much of a stake in it, and in terms of it, the connection with it, as a lot of people, I still took so much away from this, and I still think it is. And, and hearing everyone's perspective makes it even better. Like it's mm-hmm, so yeah. like that a movie like this can connect with so many people and so many in so many different ways. This has already been iterated time and time again. Just this is the way it goes in this particular discussions. I'm just happy to say I think we managed to keep this shorter than our Little Mermaid discussion, yeah. which yeah. is really yeah. something. Yeah, we we <laughs> chewed on a lot honest. here, and, and, <laughs> that we yeah. had a lot of fat to chew. So. Uh, so, so that said, uh, uh, once again, uh, thank you both so, always. so, so, so much for being here and for letting us into your home and, uh, so we could record this. Always. You're yeah. always welcome. And Aww. I will always talk about it. <laughs> we, 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 we miss you deeply. Us I'm not afraid too. to, I'm not afraid to say it on the recording. You guys talk about you all the time. Oh, no. Come on. <laughs> all bad things. I'm sure. <laughs> Oh, that could have been like a frozen, like <laughs> Is there anything? Oh yeah, we didn't talk about marshmallow. He was there. Marshmallow is amazing. He's adorable. Marshmallow is my favorite. I love that he has little cameos randomly. He comes back in Frozen Fever. That's right. And it just makes me so happy. Yeah. The little like. The little tag at the end where he like gets the crown. Yeah. And he's just little derpy smile. I love yeah. marshmallows so <laughs> yeah. much. I didn't know. I figured we'd just do a moment to pay lip service to marshmallow. Yes, yes. There you go. All love to marshmallow. So, that being said, is there. Have things changed? Is there places you want people to go look you up if you want to be found and have your stuff? Is there anything you want to plug? Um, well, I'm still on all forms of social media under Angie Viper, A-N-G-I Viper like a snake. If you love Frozen, there's a lot of it to be found. <laughs> um, I do have a website, AngieViper.com, where you can find all of those things as well. And a uh, new social media app that I'm plugging, even though they will not sponsor me. <laughs> I keep messaging them, and I'm like... 
I love your app. They want nothing to do with me. But check out Fanbase. It's an amazing new social media app. It's like a hybrid of Instagram and um, what's the the one where people pay my OnlyFans um, <laughs> oh. and TikTok. So it's got like a video platform and a photo platform, uh, and they have promised to not do any of the stupid shit that Instagram does. Huh. Um, and it's really, really great. So check it out. Follow me there, both. Like, <laughs> you got move this. over because I hate Instagram so much. I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. Absolutely. Well, I am the alpha wolf Dagron now. Last time uh, we did something like this, uh, shortened version of the story, I I had a, a listener of. of I, I don't know if it was the Honey Pop thing or it, they they found my stream through through one of your oh, recordings. Wow. Good, good. And on that particular stream, we were talking about fan fiction and stuff that, from like Midnight Marinara and everything. And like all these stories came up and blah blah blah. Long story short, it it a little bit led to me changing to become Alpha Wolf Dagron because my last. I, I I won't take up your time with that. I, I love this story. I love how embarrassed I am to be Alpha Wolf. Like, the whole point is it's a cringy, <laughs> right. stupid, like, I'm the best. At, <laughs> yeah, know. right. And then I tell people, I'm like, yeah. But you lean into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wish I had a TikTok or an Instagram to... I, I, I do and I don't. I wish because I want, I want those things to funnel back to my Twitch streams, which I love doing, where I yell and complain about things like I kind of reeled it in here <laughs> and uh, but that's the big one alpha wolf dagron because i am i am a wolf and a dragon but not a not a furry <laughs> not a, <laughs> this is this is the theme and yeah i stream on twitch and it's a lot of fun and we, we go on tangents and talk about these sorts of things and uh, there it is hell yeah more twitter? did i miss that? oh i mean who cares oh. Oh, twitter <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's all it's the new hotness. It was Twitter, then it was Instagram. Now it's TikTok for a while, and uh, you know, in five years, it'll be some other social media that I'm supposed to have. Fan base, to... woo! Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. Yeah. So our next one we're going to be discussing is a uh, completely different type of film. Um, Big Hero Six. Yeah. Ooh, that was the next one. Another one I've never seen. Really? Yeah. It's so We're really cute. getting into territory of movies I haven't seen, which is mm-hmm. interesting. It's really, really great. All right. Except for the fact that Hunt Ounces is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gang. We're about to do that part where we like would normally go backwards over the falls, but it's you know, they've changed the ride, so watching <laughs> Elsa wave at you awkwardly as you go backwards <laughs> over the falls. You're just determined to talk shit about this ride. I mean, I, I just can't let it go. <laughs> This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.